Thank you, George, for coming back to the channel and discussing a little bit more in depth about the interview that I had with Dr. Mikovits and some new, you know, information and your digestion of this information on uh, the bigger picture of how everything fits together here. So how are you doing? Doing all right? Good. I, I just wanted to, yeah, yeah. I wanted to compliment you on uh, getting a three hour interview with her uh, because, uh, you know, most people are trying to, you know, fit a time frame and they really don't let the person talk. And I notice if, if, you, if you interrupt too much, you don't get that full flow of information. And I see you've got 37,000 people who've watched it already. It's the best interview of Judy Mikowitz by far, uh, bar none, on, on the internet. And I encourage everybody to go out and watch that. I even got 21,000 views of my 15-minute summary. So I say watch both because I'm selfish. <laughs> but uh, and, well, that's and awesome. what, we're doing, what we're doing right now, what we're doing right now is going to be good because we're, we're driving, we're digging, you know, the answer, we don't have all the answers. That's right. That's Did right. you hear me, Paul? I, I lost a little bit of your internet connection there. I can hear you. I just, the, the video just froze. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Now, now it's working now. Okay. Um, you know, the way I see it is, is on these really big interviews, these really important types of in interviews where we're talking, you know, to the primary source, it's important to just let them share the information that they have. And then that body of work can be dissected, reviewed, investigated, uh, annotated. Um, and that's where the, you know, the, the new knowledge comes from. What I, what I found on some of these other channels, and they're, they're, they're decent channels that these individuals, you know, do their interviews with, um, they, they don't let the person just speak and share their body of knowledge for others to interpret later. It's like almost like they want to interpret in real time. And this story is so big. You have to, you have to let the whole picture be painted before you can make a comment it's like it's like looking at da vinci let's say painting the the um you know an amazing work of art and then commenting Mona Lisa actually sketching before he even puts any yeah before he even puts any paint on the, on the canvas i mean you know it's like so just let the body of work present itself and then people can comment um, and, and that's, that is the scientific discovery. That's the scientific method. Um, so I, I, I appreciate your observation with that yeah. and, uh, and, and annotating and, and adding to the body of knowledge. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, so I, let's, I think I made let's this go into right a little bit you, more uh, in, in depth. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I made this comment to you about the the, the batomatic, the basomatic, the the mouse grinder, if you will, uh, picture from her uh, from her uh, story from her presentation that she gave, and basically what she was saying was uh, they had discovered this thing called an XMRV, uh, which was a retrovirus. Retrovirus use use. Uh, uh, replication uh, transcript days 
uh, and they are there had only been a couple had been discovered at that time but there seemed to be this cohort of people that had prostate cancer that had high incidence of this thing so it's kind of a scientist's tale she's going through her scientist's tale uh, and then she thought it was potentially applicable to chronic fatigue syndrome because she sampled these people with chronic fatigue and there was like 4% in the control group and it was like 70% or something uh, correlation for chronic fatigue. So she's, she's trying to say, uh, hey, uh, a lot of these vaccines, when they're created uh, from mouse uh, viruses, um, have this uh, H, uh, uh, HMRV, this, uh, this uh, excuse me, as xenotropic murine uh, retrovirus yeah, in them. Yeah. XMRV, excuse me, xenotropic is, is with an X. Uh, XMRV. Right. Uh, so you don't know what's in there. With the vaccines are pushed out so quickly, uh, and they're kind of done in a shotgun style, you don't know what's in there, and they all go into this vat sort of thing. And so she wasn't necessarily saying that these XMRVs that she had discovered caused chronic fatigue syndrome, but she did say that this approach could lead to things that you don't know about in the batch, if you will, that caused a massive uptake or upregulation of your cytokines and chemokines. These are the signalers in your system. This is when you got your shot for hep C exactly. and you all of a sudden you have this wrist uh, injury, you know? So, so that's what she was saying. And I think that's a big idea that she was saying. And that's the first big idea to get out is not attack her for, you know, other labs couldn't reproduce this and, you know, let's all get into an argument about how things are frozen with dry ice and all this, but more the idea of impurities in untested vaccines. I think that's the big idea to get from Dr. Judy. Mm -hmm. That, you know, it, it, she mentioned the word associative instead of causal. So that's an important, you know, people keep on mixing, mixing that those two words together. Causal means that it's causing something. The other is associative. And uh, she was saying that it was associated and um, uh, led down a path of discovery where it's questioning the, the safety of the manufacturing process of these vaccines, which is a data point when you look at it with the larger mosaic, like with Wakefield's information about MMR. So we have here, um, mm -hmm. I see, additional data points that questions the, the, the safety protocols that are in place for manufacturing of vaccines. It's not that I'm anti-vax, I'm not. But the thing is, is that there is an incentive, a financial incentive to not have proper safety protocols in place for vaccines. And when you look at that, the tort law, has been written in such a way in the benefit of the manufacturers and not of the end user, where if you're harmed by these vaccines that aren't properly manufactured, you, you can't sue the manufacturer of the vaccine. You go to a super fund and you get pennies on a dollar relative to the, you know, to the, to the cost of, of your new developed disease from the vaccine. So 
uh, it, it's it, you got to look at it, the whole picture, not knit and pick, you know, certain aspects of, like you said, if you're freezing the virus a certain way on a certain day, you know, but I thought that she told her story very well, and it is a data point that fits into a larger mosaic. And that's the, that's the important piece here is, is that the manufacturing of these vaccines are questionable and that people need to investigate because what she's saying is starting to put a, the light bulb on and saying, well, wait a minute here. That explains these peripheral nervous system disorders. That explains some of the spectral disorders that we're seeing. That's explaining some of the gut problems that, that children are having when they get uh, vaccined or, you know, or whatever. So I, th I thought that she uh, was being very brave in saying what she was saying. And it fits into a larger mosaic of other researchers like her, like her, like Wakefield, um, that is sounding an alarm and saying, hey, not every vaccine's bad, but we do have a problem, Houston, and we need to solve the problem and figure out what, what are some of the details? What are the, what are these causal things? We know that, that there's an associate, there's a, there's an association, there's a correlation between some of these things that are happening in the vaccine program and um, they're associated with, let's say, PNS, peripheral nervous system um, disorders. Uh, but what are some of the mechanisms? What, and what's interesting with her is, is that she was stating that the way they make this in the batch, I mean, you're getting a hodgepodge of stuff. It's not, you know, one batch is, is, right. is different from another batch, from another batch. So it's not like, and that's why it's so hard to pinpoint so repeat, repeat, repeatability is, is not there because of the, the means of manufacturing, the way it's manufactured. You know, if you, if you, it, like, like, if you look at it like making a cake, all right, and you're just throwing randomly ingredients, all right, sometimes the cake will turn out really good and sometimes it's really bad, but you can't rep reproduce it because you don't know exactly the, the amount of each of the ingredients at what temperature and how, how many times you mixed it in the blender before you put it in the oven. So that's, that's that, what's that, going on here. There's a lot of randomness that, in the manufacturing process. And she was pretty clear about that in her book. And I would, I, I'm about halfway through her book, Plague, the first book, the 2010 book. Uh, and she was pretty mm -hmm. adamant that these protocols were what was causing the lack of reproducibility that you couldn't freeze the blood uh, because the XMRVs would degrade quickly. And she lied all this stuff out, but they, what, you know, people want to go on vacation and they, they want to go on uh, for their weekend trip. And so they freeze it. And then, so, so I, I'm not here to relitigate that XMRV thing, but I, I am here to take away the bigger message. Like you just stated, Paul, is that uh, these are rushed to vaccine. These rush to, shotgun we're under literally under the shotgun and it's a shotgun method to come up with the vaccines and everyone's mm -hmm. the guinea pig uh, on these on these things this latest guy slowy i don't know if you're familiar with the new drugs are that uh, trump named this guy named slowy uh but uh, mm -hmm. he's this uh, iranian slash moroccan guy he's been at uh, glaxo smith pine for 30 years uh, doing vaccines um, and he's been pushing this whole uh, CEPI 
uh, and this whole, here's our drug platform at, at GSK. And I mean, it looks like it goes right out of the, uh, the, the aerosolizer weapons chamber at Fort Detrick. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes, it goes right over to GlaxoSmithKline in Rockville. You know, I mean, you know, the results get walked over practically. It's the virus vaccine game. He's from, he's a big NATO guy. He's from the University of Mon in France. Um, uh, he, that's right where NATO headquarters is, the Supreme Allied headquarters is. I've been there. I have did some NATO stuff there, research. So, you know, and then he goes to Brussels, which is the head of the UN and EU. He's a cultured, literally a cultured military brat, a medical military brat uh, for his whole life. And so he is the perfect guy to write the blueprint for the WHO, along with a guy named Sina Bavari from Fort Detrick, a good friend of his, and this Virginia Benassi to say, hey, Let's take the 77 different things that the CDC says is, doesn't have a cure or a vaccine. Let's pick 13. Let's go CRISPR them. Let's go do vaccines. And we'll just release these one at a time. And he himself says, we make 6% on therapeutics. We make 17% on vaccines. So vaccines are a growth business. Um, mm-hmm. And he's right in the middle of all these things, you know, given the warning of pandemics and so forth about Ebola and Zika. And, you know, every one of the flu and MERS, uh, SARS, it, it just seems so, uh, the deck is so stacked here. It seems so staged, I guess. What's interesting is just recently there was, uh, I think it was this morning, that a news announcement came out about uh, Moderna. Um, having some positive results with their vaccine program. This is the messenger RNA platform. And that the uh, Dow uh, rallied, um, at least in the futures market, I don't know where it is right now, but uh, around 900 points. So um, so we're going to probably have a rally because of the, of the Moderna news. Um, so with that said, um, what do you think is going to be happening with this whole messenger RNA platform? Uh, Trump. Oh, yeah. I get it, it, We just heard in the news that Trump is prophylactically uh, using hydroxychloroquine, you yeah. know? So I don't know. Is he taking CPAC too, or no? They're just I, I, you giving him hydroxy, hydroxychloroquine. I think, I think HCQ is the only thing he's taken, but, okay. uh, but, uh, but Slowy, the new czar is on the board at Moderna and, you know, Gates Foundation is into Moderna for about 80 million or something. Gates Foundation is just the rinse for this group of military guys in NATO and the U.S. Uh, to invest in stuff like this. It's easy to mm-hmm. predict a black swan event when you're the guy who's pulling the trigger. That's why they well, all see, talk this is about- the strength. Exactly. So, you know, which- Think about it. You have so many companies out there that are trying to develop a vaccine, but it just so happens that Moderna is the one that gets it. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody I mean, agrees. It's like, everybody <laughs> agrees even before they've seen, and, and, and Slowey has, <laughs> Slowey has seen the test results before he walks up there and gets introduced as the new drugs are. He goes, oh, by the way, I just want to tell you, Moderna, Moderna's doing great. You know, like, okay, well, that's because you're on the board. Uh, and this is where I think your angle of, of Wall Street uh, is so valuable because you, you understand how valuations work and 
how releasing uh, insider information works and all that and model all that versus a true chaos event uh, and how things don't line up perfectly in the real world if it's not an orchestrated event. Um, and right. you exactly. know that because that's your PhD. That's one of your PhD theses. So I don't want to take that away from you, but right. that's what right. you have to look at this from. You have to look at it from a lot of angles: the financial incentives, the uh, you know, just the control, the world control. You know, now we're in medical martial law. Now the the same drone that could be surveilling you uh, is the same drone that's spraying you. It's all it's color, colorless and odorless. Yeah, it is. I mean, people think, oh, you're making, you know, you're making this up. No, look at Operation Ranch Hand in Vietnam. There was a whole rainbow of colors, not just ancient orange that we sprayed on those people. And everything from the battlefield comes back as a DHS program. Um, yeah. So just, just, just anecdotally, I had a friend that um, um, in uh, her father was one of the chemical uh, mixers in Vietnam for Agent Orange. And she happened to have cleft lip because of it. Oh, wow. And had to go through all the surgeries, you know, the facial surgeries to, you know, oh. close it up and all that. And, you know, yeah. and, and she, you know, she was scarred for life and, you know, people would tease her and not understand what it really was. And I, I really felt bad for her, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and it's, the, people don't realize that this stuff can get into your, your germline and pass it on to future generations. And this is how she, you know, it, it was passed on to her, you know, through her development, you know, as an embryo, you know, it just, the whole body didn't close correctly and she had the cleft lip. But yeah, um, I, I used to remember all that, uh, that uh, Genesis from the boom and all that from studying it 30 years ago, but I don't remember mm -hmm. it anymore. But I do know that the pH imbalances and so forth, as well as on misfolded proteins and all that can cause these problems. Uh, what you know, just reading the book, I, I really it's two dollars on Kindle if you go get it for Plague, uh, and it's it's so good for talking about signatures and how the mind of a medical researcher works. You know, uh, it, like you were saying, these viruses change your uh, genome forever. Uh, it's postulated uh, at eight percent of your genome, human genome, is the result of viruses over the billions of years. Mm -hmm. uh, or what, however long, uh, millions of years uh, since uh, apes to human. Um, so especially these uh, uh, white, uh, the, the leukocytes, you know, the, the uh, chemical messengers, the B cells and T cells and the cytokines and so forth, but especially the B cells and T cells, if they are infected with something that's a temporal thing like these XRVs uh, or whatever it is, whatever the virus is, it's sitting there in homeostasis and it's not necessarily inflamed. Right. And then if you see this big up regulation of one of those and a down regulation of another one, that's a signature. If there's up regulation of B's and up regulation of T's, that's another signature and so forth. And so that's what she was looking for when she saw the chronic fatigue thing. And then she also saw this uh, up regulation of uh, cortisol, the stress hormone, which also activates uh, you know, your production of antibodies and that that's not what you want with the vaccine. You don't want to cause a runaway cytokine storm, you know, making thousands and thousands of cytokines. This, this, is, your this, this, this is really important because from her, she, you know, from her 
discussion, it's the realization that when we are putting these vaccines in, or we do have chronic inflammation because of just our diet and the way we live in America, that we are setting in motion, reactivating those viruses, all right, in our body that have been dormant for a while. We get some new stuff through another vaccine, and it creates another inflammatory response, and then it releases a whole new wave of, of them. That's one take that I got from it. But another take was, um, and it's not what she mentioned, but it, it, it dovetails into what I've been saying all along, that with this SARS-CoV-2 virus, we, we have clinical presentations because of the non-ARDS that is a blood disease and that it's infecting T cells and red blood cells. Well, the red blood cells die off and, and just shed through the body. But you do have, like you said, memory T cells, memory B cells. Well, what happens when they go in G0 and they stay dormant? So if we have SARS-CoV-2 that is in dormancy, and then all of a sudden it's reactivated by, let's say, a vaccine, uh, is that the second wave? Right. Is that right. is 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 this that that chronic illness that I call AIDS-like syndrome? We don't know what this means long term in terms of oncogenes and tumor suppressor genes. So this is why I, I I keep on saying that you know there's two. I'm not so worried about the first wave. I'm more worried about what's that second wave look like. And there's a right. lot of different ways to spin second wave, you know, either at a chronic situation or just a, just a normal reinfection as it's you know, going through the population. I'm real concerned, real concerned about this, what I call this AIDS-like syndrome, that, that, that uh, potentiality. I'm not saying it's there. I'm just saying that there is a potentialness for it because it is infecting the immune system. And the last time we heard about, about, viruses especially with glycoprotein 120 you know that was hiv-1 so it's not that far stretch of a of, of a, a hypothesis to say that there is the potential for chronic illness that that leads to an aids-like syndrome we'll have a different name for it but but it's it's her her data her observations, her experiences, how she articulated the argument during the interview and on other interviews gives us a piece of that mosaic that vaccines, a lot of them are not safe. It's the way they're manufactured and that they create these storms in the body that exacerbate things, either other viral infections or, you know, chronic illnesses that are central nervous system or peripheral nervous system disorders. Yeah. You, you remind me with, when you say glycoprotein 120, of course, coming from uh, HIV, that uh, we're, we're establishing a layman's vocabulary here. You're not, a, you're obviously in the, going to med school and finishing up in your uh, master's at Harvard biochem, which has got to be tough. Uh, but, but, what we're establishing, what you're helping people establish is, is sort of like the vocabulary of all this. Because I remember her in the book, she's dealing with glycoprotein 70. Uh, and she's also dealing with the GAG proteins. These GAG, I always think of it like a, a gaggle. They're, yeah, the, they're gag, the gag protein, right? 
yeah, they're, they're rounding up a gaggle of inserts, like the four HIV inserts, to basically round them up so they can be transcribed. Um, and she's got the, one of the markers was the GIG protein uh, for this uh, HR, uh, excuse me, uh, XMRV uh, that she found. So, so a lot of these things like the envelope protein, it, she's talking about all these same things in the virus, you know, the capsid protein and also that we're talking about right now. And what struck me so much was when you talk about anemia, right when the first time you mentioned anemia, I thought of Fort Dietrich and I thought of them getting all these Nazi, uh, the Nazi medicine chest, you know, the whole Nazi cookbook of all their bioweapons. And the two biggest ones, the, the two biggest, uh, you know, personal pet projects, one was from Kurt Blom on equine anemia. Equine anemia is horse anemia. Uh, and then the other one was a guy named Eric Traub, T-R-A-U-B, for uh, uh, encephalomyelitis. So it's infecting the CNF uh, fluid and, and those sort mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. um, and they were weaponizing and aerosolizing those at Fort Detrick. So the next question I got for Dr. Judy is, hey, are you aware of the whole Operation Ranch Hand and trying to aerosolize all these things from the Nazi medicine cabinet that we brought? Plus, we brought a lot of stuff from the, the Imperial Japanese program as well, trying to aerosolize that stuff. That's more the prions and Kuru and Mad Cow and stuff. So, mm -hmm. you, I mean, if I'm having to look, I'm not a scientist, right? So I, I don't have... I don't have the skill to look across 500 diseases, but I just look and see what's the favorite disease of the guy who, de who designed the program. <laughs> and, you know, if you put that over into mice and you infected the blood to cause a leukemia, she was saying how this leukemia virus was so closely related to the uh, retrovirus, uh, very closely related, like only 2% dissimilarity, that uh, this could be causing the you know, the chronic fatigue, uh, anemia, as well as sort of what we're seeing in SARS-CoV-2 by looking at the roots of the program. Uh, so I wanted to start asking her if she knew all these people like Sina Bavari and Slowey and all these people that have consulted with Fort Detrick. That'll be for our next interview of her. Uh, you know, what was, inter what was interesting is that um, over the weekend, I had to do a case study I was telling you about. And the case study in, in medical school was dealing with uh, SARS-CoV-2, SARS right? oh, really? so COVID-19. And it was talking about uh, the administration of antibiotics with antivirals and why people start getting weaker. So a lot of people don't realize at, uh, that uh, when they're uh, giving the antibiotics um, on top of the antivirals, it's not to kill the viral infection, it's to kill the... Um, um, the body gets out of homeostasis because it's infected. So bad bacteria starts to grow and you have to kill that off. All right. So you have to give them antibiotics. This is part of the reason why ZPAC works with hydro hydroxychloroquine. All right. Mm. So it, it allows you to get back to homeostasis. So, but people don't realize that in, uh, on eukaryotic cells, our, our cells, you, you, on our cells, the, the uh, antibiotics um, do not attack the proteins. We have glycoproteins that are all, we have lots of different types. We have 
glycolipids and glycoproteins all over our cells. Well, on the surface of those cells, um, the, antibody, the, the antibiotics will not attack our, our plasma membrane glycolipids or glycoproteins. It will attack prokaryotes, all right, so the, the, the bacterial ones. Well, these drugs, they do get into the, the cytosol of the cell and attack the mitochondria because the mitochondria are ancient uh, prokaryotes. So the right. surface of these mitochondria do have the glycoprotein and uh, you know glycolipid-like structures that some anti antibiotics will attack. So the the your ATP creation starts to go down because they're they're attacking the, the antibodies are uh, the antibiotics are attacking the the um, the uh, mitochondria in our cells. So you have this, you're trying to kill the virus, but you need the ATP to, to, to be able to fight the virus, you know, with your immune system, but the, the antibiotics are bringing down the ATP. So it's this, this balancing act that, that doctors have to go through, but it was interesting yeah. to understand that pathway that a lot yeah, of people that's... don't realize yeah, in the book uh, *Plague*, it, it mentions this with uh, the uh, the mitochondria uh, oxygen usage, uh, because if you have a low oxygen usage, you're not uh, synthesizing ATP. Right. Uh, right. Uh, you know right. how you're respirating oxygen. So that was interesting. Right. It's it's mentioned as a flag also for her when she was talking about chronic uh, fatigue syndrome. And and here's I guess the thing that. Um, you know, I really want to discourage people from doing is uh, this person was put in jail illegally. Uh, she was trying to shepherd uh, her what she felt was her responsibility for federally funded research for uh, archival purposes. You can't just throw that away and destroy it. Uh, she, she spent five or six days in jail against her will. If you've never been put in jail for writing a great story, you don't know how that feels. But let me tell you, it feels really <laughs> shitty to be put in jail for being a great reporter. Uh, and so, you know, this person's not doing it for the money. This person's been completely destroyed bankruptcy. Uh, you could just tell from the book and the way it's written, even though that Hick and Lively writes the book kind of uh, as her ghost author or her co-author. It's from her. She's caring about the patients. She She really was... You can tell she's happiest when she's meeting with the moms and dads of these patients. And so I really have to, I, that's how I judge people is what is your motivation? Not necessarily your decisions because you, people make mistakes. Uh, but you know, should she have taken the notebooks or not taken the notebooks? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if she's ever thought about this, but uh, you know, the, the Whittemores, you know, that ran this Peterson foundation, they were awfully close to Harry Reid. All you know, their one of their kids birthed all their babies. All the Reid kids was a doctor and so forth. And there was a lot of testing uh, done in Nevada. Uh, this the Navy here uh, when the Navy can't shoot off uh, big enough rockets at Dahlgren behind me in Virginia at the Navy Warfare Center, they shoot them off at China Lake in uh, California and Nevada. Uh, there's a couple of test ranges they have out there. And the Whittemores had this 40,000 acre test range for uh, firing things off. And they, 
they, they, they're constantly at Fort Detrick when they can't do it in a small area like spraying some cattle or spraying some pigs in the Midwest. They're going out west and spraying cattle because the whole idea was, hey, we want to attack the, the Vietnamese, the, the, the cow. The cow was the backbone of the Vietnamese army, right? Because they, the villagers depended on their cow or their ox, right? So they were spraying this stuff all over. And the Whittemore has just become fantastically wealthy. And if you look at how the outbreaks were of chronic fatigue syndrome, I had a relative living there in Lake Tahoe. And I remember this happening. I remember going there and helping her build a house, a roof on her house. Uh, it would go 40 miles, and then it would be 40 miles again over here, and then 40 miles again over here in two-year segments. And I go, man, that's spraying. They're testing over here, and then they don't want to test in the same place because everybody's going to die of cancer for the second round. So they move it down the road 40 miles. A lot of times, uh, there's a, a, a consolidation of the ranch lands after the ranchers die, right? Uh, so was she unwittingly drawn into a weapons program and didn't even know it? Something that was causing chronic fatigue syndrome, like an equine anemia or an equine encephalomyelitis and they needed somebody to float this idea out there of hey you know uh, we need to we need research in this area we want to help develop this but we don't want to pay for it i don't know but I, I just see this connection when when somebody becomes a billionaire automatically and they get a uh, you know they get a 40,000 they're heavily connected to harry reed who's on the bio, uh, biologic warfare committee and then they have this 40,000 acre thing that they say they're going to develop into a Jack Nicholas set of golf courses. And Jack Nicholas builds one little green <laughs> on one little, one little corner. And then the rest is constantly being strafed by C-130s and every other damn thing that the Air Force makes. And these clouds, <laughs> you know, you just wonder. I mean, has, she, did, has, she, has that thought gone through her mind that the Wittemores were doing testing and inadvertently their daughter had been it's a horrible tragic story their daughter had this chronic fatigue uh and and like the guy henry harry whittemore or harvey whittemore says i don't care how much money you have if your daughter's in a wheelchair and can't go to the prom you know i'll do anything i can so it just seems like one of those if you it has to have state support there must have been something going on there harry reed was is so tied in with organized crime, you know, in in Las Vegas and Reno. Uh, I just I just wonder, you know, if she had given that any thought. And you know, you know, and this is tangential and doesn't really relate to to Mikovits, but Harry Reid stated when Trump was, um, you know, uh, transitioning into the presidency when he was elected, but he wasn't actually sworn in yet. Uh, you know, he was basically stating the 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 agencies, the intelligence agencies, shouldn't be telling Trump truthful information. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute, he's going to be the president of the United States. Why wouldn't you be having? Why would a senator? Because at that time he was still senator before he yeah. retired. But right. you know, why would a senator be saying something like this unless he is? You know, like you said you know, doing nefarious things behind the scenes. You know, oh, if, yeah. if, you don't, if, if you're trying, if you're trying to hide something, you, you know, you would, you would 
try to prevent the, the powers that have the information from sharing it with people that may be investigating, <laughs> you know, Harry Reid. Well, the CIA, I mean, goes back to uh, testing uh, and the Atomic Energy Commission goes back to doing atomic testing, going back to Howard Hughes in Nevada. This, So that's nothing new. And then, of course, Yucca Mountain was going to be the place where they stored all the, the yeah. stuff. So, so he well, he took his... the money. He took the money. Yeah. Yeah. But never put the, the, the nuclear the nuclear waste there. Out of consideration for the people, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and right. meanwhile, right. the Reed Ranch kept getting bigger and bigger. I just wonder about these things where it's always, you know, geez, I, I, I built, I, I have, I'm a billionaire. I have enough money to build out my dream golf course on this 40,000 acres. But, ah, you know what, I'm going to let the Air Force run over it again and over it again for another 10 years to do their spray testing if you look how chronic fatigue moved around it was just like they were moving around because you know like on a golf course you have a golf hole that too many people have spiked you know so they move it the hole <laughs> on the next day and, and maybe that's a good analogy for the jack because there is a jack uh nicholas uh green there and it's in the middle of this huge uh test range and they never developed it so you just wonder if she's ever thought about that i want to ask her about that that's funny that is funny. But, you know, I just, there's, there's a lot that digests from what she, you know, she provided at a, at a scientific level and at, you know, at more of a political level, a policy level. But yeah. what I would love to do, and I don't know how to get his, his, his contact information. Maybe you do. I don't know. Wakefield. He's the next guy to start talking to. And he's the one for individuals that don't know who he is. He's the one that kind of, blew the lid off of the, the MMR vaccine program and how it was a, a, a associative study, again, not causal, associative yeah. study that was, you know, showing um, potentiality of, of um, digestive issues and that eventually, you know, leads to autism. Um, but he, there is, there's a story there. There's a larger story there. And then when you, when you couple that with Moderna and force vaccine program, everyone putting their eggs into the hole. We're going to have a cure through a vaccine, through Moderna. But it's important to show that, well, wait a minute. Let's, let's slow down. You know, why Moderna? What's the testing, the proper testing? Is there a third party validating what's in the bottle before you start doing these vaccines? Another company, I can't remember the name of it. Maybe you know it. Um, they've been awarded a, a contract by uh by the administration for doing the mass syringes and they they, they're going to be up and running with with uh production in october and that came out about three days before the whole moderna news so they're already setting in motion here yeah this is this is like the the d-day invasion is yeah this is like the d-day invasion Uh, only uh, more scripted, uh, where it's you, you have a little more time to think between steps, but but it's very scripted. This is very military plan kind of lockstep uh, that it's kind of proceeding in. Uh, that's why I, I like people like Judy Mikovits. She she's a, a person who, you know, as as far as Wakefield, if you tell me his uh, his, his first name, I can I can try. I'll look, a lot in, of, I'll look into his first name. I don't I don't. Know I have a lot of CNN monkeys, uh, flying monkeys. That will, you know, go lie a whole, send a whole bunch of things to somebody before I talk to them. 
So that's why I usually interview people last because they've heard all these horrible things about me. And then I do an interview with them and I, I watch all the previous interviews and I read their book. What a concept, right? Uh, before you interview them right. uh, and they go, Oh, wow. You're not like that. They say at all. You're a really good guy. You, you, you helped me sell a whole bunch of books as a matter of fact, as soon as, and not for the wrong reason, for the right reason, because everyone who says, Oh, Hey, that has applicability. Uh, you, everyone should go get plague for $2 just for the indexing and searching. You can search on XMRV or search on any kind of, uh, just just how she does signatures it's worth it just how her thought process and going through and saying why she thought chronic fatigue syndrome might be these retroviruses you know it, it's not like she was totally discredited uh with, with the uh, slam that they did on her uh there there was two recombinant sections in the of the 8k uh that makes up the xmrv there was two 4k recombinant mouse sections or precursors or whatever you want to call them. Um, and they were all sequenced and there was a, there was a consensus sequence. <laughs> so to hear people tell it and people love to use the word grifter now. Um, that's the new thing. You know, he, she's an XMRV grifter. You know, she's trying to get money. $2. Really? Is she making that much money after she had her life ruined? $2. And, um, like these guys are, are printing trillions for themselves, right? And we're worried about $2 for Judy Mikovits. But a lot of the things she said were confirmed. A lot of the sequencing was confirmed. Uh, and I do believe that we need to go back and look at the protocols and how the experiments were conducted. But moving on to uh, other topics, I, I really do think that there's this aerosolized thread here, taking the Nazi war chest or the or the uh, medicine cabinet, or whatever you want to call it, all their dark weapons, and, and trying to aerosolize them, uh, because you know you you have limited impact if it's human to human contact. You have to buy a lot of people lap dances in brothels, you know, if you want to. Well, I, I to disease. your to your point, I think as they were learning about HIV one. I th I'm starting to come. I'm I'm starting to come to the conclusion, or at least with the working hypothesis, that they wanted to turn this weapon program with this SARS-CoV-2 into an aerosol version of HIV. Right. You know, but you know, it's a, just a working hypothesis, and working hypotheses can die off very quickly. You know, with new data. But I'll tell you that when you look at the key players involved, they were all HIV researchers. When you start looking at the genome of SARS-CoV-2, we are seeing, you know, <laughs> HIV homologies in it. When you start looking at the clinical presentation, when it's involving the blood disease, uh, that, you know, screams to me HIV. So... I, you know, and I, I'm willing to bet that as people start diving in more into the research and more into the genome, they're going to say, oh, you know, you look in this area too, there's homology here and look in this area, there's homology here, you know, um, and that's, that's why it's so important that everybody, everybody, you know, has something to contribute here. It's not just you know, a few people. This is a, this is a team effort, a very large team effort, but there's definitely something afoot. 
and you know there 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 are people that are hiding that are unfortunately in power making decisions um and you know we need to call them off on it and hopefully there there is an awareness that that is raised in 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 congress where they start investigating because i'll tell you what i mean we're i am i am very concerned about this this forced vaccine program especially when you listen to judy and saying well wait a minute here the way they make these things are bad and then it when you're given the vaccine it can create a storm that wakens up all these dormant things that they've been pumping into us so i you know i this is just another this is just another piece another data point to just say you know what i don't feel confident in the vaccine program in terms of the way it's manufactured and people need to really start talking about this especially when we walk down especially especially when we start walking down this road of of uh testing for antibodies and if you don't have the right antibody are you force vaccinated or not you know i've heard i don't know if it's true or not did h did hr 6666 get passed no not yet well i might have to take a break you're right (laughs) i got something in my windpipe i think it's xmrb <laughs> uh, all right, or or uh, not? I'm sorry. I'm no, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, okay, no, so we'll, we just cut that part out. But I'm I'm better now. I'm sorry. Right. Sometimes you get uh, tickle your throat or whatever. Um, so we can we can edit this, right? Um, so so I I do want to say that uh, there's a question about the safety, and and you're right. This this thing with Gates and the 450,000 kids. In India, is just really crazy, and uh, he got kicked out of India and all that. And Gates is pushing Moderna. This Slowy, this new guy, is uh, on the board uh, on Moderna. <clears throat> I'm following the Singapore uh, Health Surveillance Network. There's this NATO courier I'm following, and she's with Singapore Statistics. And there's another NATO courier, and they're all at the Wuhan Games in October. And then the person who writes the WHO. Uh, um, playbook, if you will, the R&D playbook, the thing that Slowy says we need to focus on these 13 new novel viruses. That mm-hmm. That's a gal named Virginia Benassi, and then Sina Bavari, his friend, is writing that book, so so it's, it's basically telegraphing what vaccines are going to be needed because we know which black swan events are going to happen. We know how it's going to be uh, passed around. And I don't know how they're rationalizing this and spreading this, but it seems like they have a rationale that, hey, if we take the list of 77 agents, maybe I'm getting hit with one of them right now, <laughs> spray. <laughs> but if we, if we go down the list and, and expose an attenuated version of each one at some military game every year, and then the public goes through the exercise of doing all the safe distancing and we develop the vaccine. We'll just go through all the, you know, the top 13 and it'll be 13. I mean, the Slavi still works for GlaxoSmithKline. It'll be 13 vaccines for us. They actually want 30 shots. This group, the CEPI, this uh, preparedness group that at World Health Organization, they want 30 Mm -hmm. shots. 
So you can see where they're going is, okay, we're well, do they want to administer these 30 shots in one, in, in one sitting? No, no, no. 30 shots over time, I believe. Over time. It'll be interesting to see what, what they end up recommending, five at once or whatever. But like you said, the interactivity between these things is completely unpredictable. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole new So what they're, what they're going to do, see, if you think about it, what they're doing to children with the accelerated scheduling is what they're trying to do to adults. Because with adults, we don't have like these massive amounts of injections of vaccines. Maybe you get one or two, maybe, but not 10 in one sitting or five in one sitting. So it's, that would be rare unless you're, let's say, you know, traveling to, you know, a distant land somewhere. But uh, this is crazy. This is crazy when they want to pump our bodies as adults, you know, it, with all these vaccines that have no, no testing of the synergistic effects. This is why I don't understand. I, I mean, you don't have to be a scientist. I don't understand why as people just rise up and say, we're not going down this road. I don't, yeah, but see, I don't, they're not going to, they're not going to let you go eat at a restaurant or go to work or, or meet at a, at a baseball game unless you have this, you know, a connector or your, your quantum dot or your, your chip or, or whatever saying you're okay. And you've had your latest shots. I mean, it's really almost like we've been turned into cattle. I mean, it, it, we're not going to be working uh, unless you uh, do software uh, like mm -hmm. we do uh, in a way, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and so you're just kind of cattle till you're ready for slaughter. It seems, I mean, that seems to be the program. <clears throat> Getting people back to work does not appear to be the priority. When I heard that they want to do 30 of these uh, different vaccines, it's just a, it's it's like a guaranteed make work for GlaxoSmithKline, and and the and I heard him speak. I heard this Slowy speak uh, in 2016. He's the biggest fan of Biden. Biden's his 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 biggest uh, his biggest uh, person. So um, supporter. I just don't get it. Um, it, it. It just I don't know why Trump would name him. Anyway, I'm going to have to cut it short. We're having some work yeah, no done here, here at the yeah, no house, problem. and we'll pick it up. Uh, I would like to interview Dr. Judy with you, uh, Paul, and uh, just let it's her watch. Very hard. It's very hard to get on her schedule. It takes almost three weeks to get yeah. on her schedule. I mean, she's that booked up. Yeah. But, well, um, you know, we could try. We're not, we're not the average interviewer either. We're, we're <laughs> much more in-depth. We're, we're smarter, so we're going to have a better interview. So she's not going to have to do all those other ones. So I've got <laughs> well, we'll, 100,000 we'll subscribers. You've got 50. So, we, right. you know, it'll we'll be good. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Talk Paul. to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mind if my husband snores in the background? No, 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 no problem. <laughs> okay. So thank, thank you for, for coming onto the channel. Judy, and I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this for a, a few weeks, actually, but we finally were able to, to, to set a date and a time and everything, and thank you for coming, and um, welcome aboard, and uh, please uh, introduce yourself for people that are somewhat new to, to, to you and, and your story. Okay, thanks, Paul. I, I'd say about half the world is somewhat new <laughs> to our story, which is why we had such a big...
trouble getting connected here. So um, yeah, so um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm Judy Mikevitz, PhD, um, the Judy A. Mikevitz, PhD. That's, that's not my married name. I'm, I got married um, 20 years ago this year um, when I was 42. And most of my career, I, I, at that point, I had moved into industry. But at any rate, I started my career in 1980. Um, as soon as I graduated, within a month of my graduation from the University of Virginia, I accepted a position as a lab technician. I, I graduated graduated from the University of Virginia with a degree in chemistry and a specialization in biology. So in 1976, when I started that program, there was no... Um, there was no such thing as biochemistry. So that I had to get a Bachelor of Arts. I have a BA in chemistry with a specialization um, in, in biology. And so that degree got me a, a job as a natural products chemist in a, in a program called the Fermentation Program of the National Cancer Institute in Frederick, Maryland. So fermentation is obviously like making beer. So what was my first job there? It was to um, purify to grow in a fermentation in a large vat um, with cells to, to grow and purify um, interferon alpha, type one interferon that's made, you know, all animals, um, mammals, humans have type one interferon, an extensive immune antiviral pathway. So we, we purified that and it's we, it's always a team. So you never work alone. And so we purify that material and, and, and the royal, the royal, we, the large, we is the um, rest of the National Cancer Institute actually use that clinically in several different cancers, but at the time it was a curative therapy for a leukemia called hairy cell leukemia. So that, that I had that job in fermentation chemistry um, where I made several drugs, adriamycin from plants, they call it the red devil for breast cancer. I made a lot of different jobs, toyokamycin, sanjivamycin, I made antibiotics. My job is I'm a pure Purification. I was a purification natural products chemist. Also did a large purification of the first human cancer-causing virus, HTLV-1, human T-cell leukemia virus. Just, just to interject, did you, did you ever uh, get introduced to uh, Dr. Faber? In, no. Uh, no, you know who I'm talking about, the, you know, yeah. Deaver, yeah, the, all right. Yeah, so, I was probably, so one of the things that's difficult for, for most people understanding this story is, you know, how collaborative science is, you know, how collaborative medicine is. So as soon as I, you know, as soon as I purified, you know, and learned of the first human cancer causing retrovirus, that was called HTLV1, human T-cell uh, leukemia virus at the time. Now they call it human T-cell lymphoma. Yeah. Virus because they know it causes, it's associated with any number of autoimmune diseases and, and of course, more than just that adult T-cell leukemia, which was the patient population um, from which it was isolated. Because when you have the frank disease, the leukemia, by the time your immune system gets that far into dysfunction, then you um, have, you know, then it's easy to isolate the virus. And what's interesting about that, so, um, you know, 
I, I purified that virus as a part of my job in the fermentation program, but I didn't meet the discoverer, the person who originally isolated that virus and purified that virus, Dr. Frank Rossetti, who did that along with um, Bernie Poise, his postdoc at the time, and they did that in Bob Gallo's lab, which was not in Frederick. It was in the National Cancer Institute in Bethesda, Maryland, which is about a 50-mile drive. So yeah. I... Yeah, my, yeah, my it, it's it's yeah. it's amazing because when I was taking my cancer class with yeah. uh, uh, it was Doctor Throw at, at Harvard, mm -hmm. um, we were going over how they were doing the purification of Sark, right? And, and, you know, with yeah, in and, and Weinberg's lab. Correct. And, and yeah. of course, you know, even, even in this story, Peter Duisberg comes into the story because Peter Duisberg was one of the team members who originally um, did SARC as the oncogene. So I don't know what the word, best word is for, you know, was discoverer maybe of the SARC oncogenes of, and, and at least that, that's the way I remember the story, but people say, oh, even today people say, well, Judy, you know, Peter Duisberg, you know, and, and you're, and I'm, you know, and what people don't realize is I'm, I'm between 22 and 25 years old. I'm a, I'm a technician. I'm a scientist. I purify things. Um, and, and I supply them. We were literally hired guns. I see that on your shared screen. Um, we were literally hired guns in the fermentation program. We made whatever the NCI or the NIAD asked us to make. That's what we did. And so it's like, so when people say, well, did you work directly with Tony Fauci? Well, no, because, but, but I was, I was the guy that made the things the programs asked me to make. And so, yes, um, yes, because that's how your salary is paid. So we were hired guns. And throughout my career, you know, even the lab I directed in 1999 to 2000 and won the lab of antiviral drug mechanisms, that, that laboratory was a hired gun, whether for pharmaceuticals, whether for anything else, we made the products, the diagnostics, the, the therapies that we were supposed to make. And so I'll get back. So in 1983, I, I went to the lab, to the uh, new program that was just starting up. And I, I took a job working for Frank Rossetti, who had, he, he and Bernie had discovered HTLV-1. He also discovered interleukin-2 that was called T-cell growth factor or Frankie's factor when, when the, um, he was part of the team, a major part of the team that discovered that in Bob Gallo's lab. So you see the reason why T-cell growth factor is important is because if you can't grow the T-cells, you can't isolate a virus call, that causes adult T-cell leukemia. So the retrovirus they isolated, retrovirus, and so, you know, they, um, Dr. Rossetti, when he first went to Bob Gallo's lab, was told, don't bother looking for human retroviruses, they don't exist. And Frank thought, humans are just like any other animals, and he, of course, well, didn't. <laughs> let, let, let's just... Dive off of this, drive off of this tributary right. for, for a yep. quick sec here. Okay. So we are seeing the clinical presentations of this Wuhan virus, right? SARS-CoV-2, right. all right, that where it's non-ARDS and it's affecting red blood cells and T cells. Correct. Right? So what's your, what's your take on that? Do you, well, do you see this as, a, as a, 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 an acute disease or something that has a very high potential for a chronic disease? Well, I see this as 
not due to a coronavirus. So we're, this is where it's real. That's why I was going off in that point and we'll keep flashing back. So that's what the way I wrote both books. We wrote both books, Ken Heck and Lively and I, as flashbacks where literally I'm flashing back to the day I'm locked into jail or a couple weeks before that where I'm hunted down like an animal before they finally caught me um, and, and threw me and held me in jail without charges. And so we'll, we'll go to that and it'll get there. Um, but so what, what COVID-19, mean, COVID-19 means either coronavirus infectious disease or coronavirus disease 19. If the, you, I've heard different things. The CO means Corona. The vi, VI means virus. That's not the way you usually call a virus. You say infectious disease. COV means coronavirus. So SARS-CoV-2 is the infectious agent that, what, that we're talking about the, that causes upper respiratory infection. It's named SARS severe acute respiratory syndrome virus number two because it's, um, you know, COVID 2 because it's coronavirus and the, its strain it's most closely related to is the original SARS virus um, that yeah. had the outbreak of the disease. Well, vaccine. I don't know. I don't know if you know my background, but I mean, so I became, I became kind of, I've had a notoriety <laughs> since January 24th or 25th. Okay. So I, I attacked this through bioinformatics. And Correct. when I looked at the genome, Correct. all right, I saw that at the replicase end of the genome for right. what they had at that time was called Wuhan, Wuhan pneumonia syndrome or something, yeah. virus or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever they called it right. before they, they renamed it, right. SARS-CoV-2. Correct. And when I looked at the, from a bioinformatic perspective, I could tell that it was bioengineered. All right. And right. And well, I think of it differently, but we'll say, well, well, all right. Okay. But all right. So, but just really quick, because my, my channel. So, 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 so <laughs> SARS, SARS, bad SARS like virus was mixed with SARS coronavirus to make, and that was a, and that was built as a substrate to, to develop this SARS CoV 2. And then there was a pseudovirus that led to gain of function with the HIV homology. This was developed in 2008. I have the paper on my website. All right, so, so I have the paper on my website. So, so I, I, I from, from a bioinformatics side, could prove that it was bioengineered. Now, at that time, when I looked at it, I, I assumed that it was going to be bioengineered for scientific purposes to develop uh, therapeutics Correct. or vaccines. Correct. Now, uh, so they get, did gain a function from the bat ACE2 receptor to the human ACE2 receptor, and right. they needed that HIV homology. Now, eventually what happens is, is that it bifurcates and starts into a weapons program. And I believe that what happened was at Fort Detrick with the University of North Carolina, with Dr. Xi and others, that there was a, uh, an additional gain of function where it was affecting multiple receptors. And those multiple receptors are CD147, CD209, CD299, and uh, GRP78. Now with, with, now with those, uh, especially the CD147, I believe that's the pathway where it's infecting the red blood cells, giving the non-ARDS, 
and I believe that, that the, the CD147 pathway is uh, infecting the T cells. Now, my concern is, is that when, the, when we go into memory, the T cell you know, memories, and it goes to G0, are we going to have some sort of dorm, dorm, dormancy here? But I attacked it from the bioinformatics side and the, and the paper trail right. with the, the research that was published. Correct. I could find it all going all the way back to 2008. Some people say maybe a little bit earlier than that. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, but the point is, is that they, before, yeah. okay. But but the point is, is they they did it, correct? Right? And then we know that the program was shut off at right. Dietrich, correct. and then it was shipped over to different labs, especially correct. the Wuhan facility, the P four lab, correct. Where additional gain of function happens and correct. it leaks out. Now the question is, was it leaked out on purpose or on accident? I don't know if we can ever figure that out, mm-hmm. but it leaks out. And here's, so we don't disagree at all. We don't disagree at all. So there's a couple of key words that you said, that you're saying, and this goes to even things that happened to me and where we're going to talk about replicate. So we say it. A virus is never an it. And there are many strains of virus. And every time, so what, what, what was sent around the labs wasn't a highly purified stock of virus. What was sent around the labs, and this is noted in the paper, was Vero E6. That's a clone. The E means the clone of E6. And the Vero monkey kidney cells, um, clone E6, doesn't have type 1 interferon pathway. That's why I said that's the first thing I make. So it's a little virus factory. So what they were shipping from the labs that started in Fort Detrick, Clearly says Tony Fauci funded that. Clearly said we originally in the 2015 paper the, with Wuhan, North Carolina, Harvard, we originally got the cells from Fort Detrick. And here's the cell line. And so, yes, did that happen in 2003, 4, 5? I worked with that cell line and I grew Ebola in that cell line in 1999 in 1998 and seven is part of my job. That's why I said it was gonna be so hard and, and why I had to flash back to talk about my career and what I did and why it matters. So you're exactly right. And I don't use the word engineered, you know, so parts were engineered exactly as you say, but when you grow in viral monkey kidney cells, what can you get? Well, you get passenger viruses. So it doesn't have to be that, it at all. And so to me, COVID-19 looks like retroviruses, those gamma retroviruses and Mason Pfizer monkey virus and mink cell. What's a mink? Oh, a mink's a little animal. So mink cell focus forming virus. That was one of the viruses that was a gamma retrovirus that was in our paper, in our bioinformatics tree of strains we had isolated from people. So when you say you did the sequencing of strains, every time we grow in that fermenter, those Vero E6 cells containing that virus, it picks up and mutates and recombines. Mm -hmm. And so in only two weeks in a fermenter, 
you can, and this is what we learned in 2011, you can get recombinants, and we, at the time, we called them XMRVs, and we knew later, and from our original studies from data that didn't make sense in our published paper that now make perfect sense, and that's why um, it matters to, to what they did to me and say they couldn't replicate. Because, of course, you're looking at a bioinformatics strain, so you're only allowed to see what they give you. And that's why I said you only get what you see under the light post. And so in 2011, when our research was shut down on the XMRVs, well, XMRVs could be xenotropic monkey gamma retroviruses as well. And that's Mays and Pfizer. That's mink cell focus forming virus. And, and you see my colleagues um, had all of the reagents um, for, and, and I'll, I mean, a, a thousand different antibodies to detect different family members of the viruses and isolate them and that's and, 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 and identify them. And so different antibodies, as you know, recognize different things. Some are neutralizing, some are not. So at any rate, so, so these were the tools that, that we use. And so you're exactly right in what you say because you were only given a few strains. And so you, you could only detect what's there. And when your PCR or when your enzyme test only identifies, but when you have biological reagents, which is why I said I had my degree in biological chemistry with a specialization, chemistry with a specialization in biology, 128 of my 132 hours at University of Virginia were science or math. And only the only six hours was one fabulous English lit course that I took for fun and German because it was required to know German to have a chemistry degree at University of Virginia. So, so this is, um, you know, how you think about, so you're exactly right, but I don't use the term engineered. I use accelerated evolution um, because every time you grow that ferment or that vat, in two weeks, in a cell line, the E6 clone that has no type 1 interference. So it's a virus machine. You cannot shut it down um, the way we would shut it down. And so um, the way our bodies would stop that infection. So I have a quick question about the RATG13 line. Okay. So I don't know. So it, is this, see, I, I came from the Let thought that. RATG13. Thirteen line. Tell me what R E T G means. R A T G thirteen line was um, was you know one of the line. What what are the line? Well, it was it okay. was released from China, so who okay. knows? All right, and they're basically saying that that it was that was one of the early potential zoonotic lines. Correct. Now, what I thought was that that. There are multiple scientific lines that you're talking about here that, that have been developed, and there are probably There's multiple, but you know, multiple bioweapon lines that have been developed. All right. Now I the, think they're the same thing. Okay. All right. Well, that's even better. It's, I think it's we would easier. Call them the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, see, what I was thinking is there was a scientific line, and then they spun it off, and then gained more function, where it, it had it had the ability for multiple receptor. Um, and that is affinity. absolutely a possibility. Absolutely. So you can't rule that out given the information we're given. 
but you, but, and so, yeah. There's something weird about the RATG 13 line. Right. I because, never because, I you know, yeah, you know, all right. So, you know, but it, it was yeah. released from China and they were saying that that was potentially one of the zoonotic substrates that it, everything was built off of, right. you know, if it was either grown in the lab or if right. it was restrictive enzymed or if it was crispr you know, whatever. It doesn't exactly. really matter. I mean, it just, yeah. it was made. So, right. um, so how, so my understanding is, is that Fauci and the, the, the organization that he works for and his, his and whole department. The National it, Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. Correct. Right. They, they funded Correct. this development. Correct. And, so, and so that makes him culpable. You know, he so, knew it was against the law in this country at some point, And he just continued the work and funded it in China in Wuhan, China, and, and you follow that paper trail from the papers. The scientific papers have to say who funded it. So one of the people who funded or one of the NIAID grants um, was awarded to the Barrick Lab in North Carolina, and, and at least one of the grants was awarded to um, Ian Lipkin at Columbia, and, and that grant was a $34 million grant um, that he was awarded um, literally right after publishing the fraudulent multi-center study in MBIO, um, which, you know, uh, it ended the discussion about XMRVs forever, ended the discussion about the XMRVs forever. $34 million Center for Discovery. Oh, how nice. Commission fraud, which is why I said that about the science, about Science the Journal, and about that paper. And I can explain exactly what happened. Well, what I, what I noticed about yeah. the SARS-CoV-2 right. crisis is, is that nature seems to be right. trying to do a cover-up. They're either yeah. retracting papers or they're promoting, they're promoting papers that are like saying, this is zoonotic. Don't worry about it. this. Right. Was, this was right. just from nature, you know, and all, right. all this. And my, my take on this is that they're trying to cover up the weapons program in China and cover up the weapons program in the United States. And, and I'm, I, I'm to the point right. that the people that were involved in this, the right. high ups, Correct. They, they, they need to be investigated and if Correct. found guilty should be charged for crimes against humanity Correct. because we're, we, we, we have over, it's over three, uh, uh, 300,000 individuals that have died from SARS-CoV-2. All right. There's more than 84,000 Americans that have oh, died from and, it. And I, I, I still, the, the only point I didn't finish is I believe it's not SARS-CoV-2. It's not a strain of virus, and I believe there are XMRVs involved. And the pathogenesis, the cytokine signature, the, the microvasculature, everything. So there's a paper I use, and I'll bring it up on the screen. Okay. And, and it's called The War Between the Microbes, and you'll appreciate this. Um, and it was published in, it's okay if you shut the door, sweetie pie. Um, so let me share my screen. And, and it was published in 2009, but, but we've, we've always had these ideas about it. And, and what it says is viruses rarely, if ever, travel alone. And this is why we get, keep going into the conversation of um, 
why we keep going into the conversation that HIV doesn't cause AIDS. So you see how we could say, oh, and SARS-CoV-2 is called that strain of virus, that virus, you're only allowed to have this span of sequences, causes COVID-19. But the clinical data don't support that, and viruses rarely travel alone. So let let me show you the 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 shared screen here. So we're dealing with a cornucopia of, of viruses exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> so so we're dealing with a cornucopia, and they don't want you to know that. So um, hang on, David. All right, hang on. I got to answer the door. My husband just walked away. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Doorbell ringing. So. Um, uh, hi. You must be Judy. I am. So FedEx uh, didn't understand what I was stepping away. Correct. They left me a box at my room. I was going to bring it over for you. You weren't here. Oh, sure. That's wonderful. I need that. Thanks. Sorry, we got something delivered. So can you see the title of this paper? Can you see this? Yes. Yes, I can see it. Okay. So it's. It's um, 2009, and it's war and peace between the microbes. And so this is why we say to this day, HIV doesn't cause AIDS, and why, we say, why I say to this, this day that, um, that my um, PhD thesis changed the paradigm for treating HIV AIDS. Um, and, and some of the figures in this paper is exactly why. And this is what we're talking about. It's not really a cornucopia, um, but several interacting viruses. Let me see if I can get it to change the page. Several interacting viruses, and here's what you see. And this is what we know the history is, not just viruses, but pathogens. So here, this is figure figure one in this paper is... Um, um, right here, and, and, and I've used this in, I use this in several of my HIV, uh, my XMRV talks to support what the data were saying about the XMRV association with a number of diseases. So here's the host virus equilibrium is disrupted by HIV. So you have symbiotic viruses, microbiome, virome, endogenous, and, and your immune system. Thanks, sir. And what's your name, sir? My name's John. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. I know you live... I'm in the leasing office. Right in the leasing office. Okay. I, I couldn't find you either. I went chronologically. Okay. And is it Terry on the other end? Yeah. Terry said, no, 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 107. Well, that doesn't make sense. I know. <laughs> Thanks, John. Okay, sorry, I was waiting for that package of work development. Okay, so this the so you get triggering the immune response. So anything that triggers the immune response, the symbiotic viruses are contained in their replication by type one interferons, by RNAs, by all of those things. And then you're in when immuno immunocompetence is your balance. This is a teeter-totter. So then you get a virus that comes in in the green, and that becomes the straw that breaks the camel's back to an, to an immune system that's overwhelmed by things. And so if you consider this um, SARS-CoV-2, um, then it wakes up the either dormant or latent yep. viruses, which is why I've been discussing no masks. 
because you become you suppress and in in the case of the immune suppression um dr blaylock did a nice paper where he showed that cd4 t cells that memory immune response gets disrupted so here's your hiv and you get that cytokine storm and um in its straw that breaks the camel's back and you get Things like HHV6, and I'm talking about HIV. You talk in, in, in HIV, this paper is about HIV, but you can apply it to XMRV. You can apply it to SARS-CoV-2. And this is what I'm saying, because these mouse and animal tissue viruses, so here's all the mechanisms. So here's all the viruses on table one. So you have immune activation. So you need to wake up these things. So that wakes up hepatitis C, HIV. SV2, the herpes virus, CMV, EBV, HTLV2, HTLV1, you know, anything else that was in those animal tissues. And then you've got the transactivation and the JC virus, which in the brain can kill you right away. So that's why you don't give certain drugs because they can wake up JC virus and you're dead. So and this is this is why there there is a lot of evidence that if you have the right, if you have the right uh, nutraceutical. If you Correct. have the low inflam- inflammation, if you, you, you know, if you're take that, you're you're quieting this stuff down to prevent the flare up. Correct. See what happens is see see people see you know yeah. we know we right. know that We're the Chinese we, we know that the Chinese start procuring an, an amazing amount of vitamin C during, right right when they right. were starting to have Correct. the military their military was procuring Correct. so. But the, the point here is, is that if yeah. you can boost your immune system and quiet that cytokine storm so you're not right. awakening the, the immune system this response. happening. The, the immune right. competence right here. That teeter-totter cannot teeter at all. Right. Boost your immune system with type 1 interferons, which are RNA viruses. And, and there's a, a spray that, uh, you know, we get a type 1 interferon from bovine, from cows. And, and we use that. We spray that in our, in our mouth. We've done it for, for you know, um, some time now. And, and to protect compromised people. So you, there's your teeter-totter. So when you break the system down, um, with the SARS-CoV-2, um, then you've disrupted um, the, the whole system. But what, what's also important here is look at the, the, the bottom of this table says, note that the co-infecting virus may interact with HIV-1 through multiple mechanisms. In contrast to other viruses like HTLV2, HHV6, you know, again, which was, was thought to be a causative agent for chronic fatigue syndrome. And, um, and, and of course, back in HIV days, um, CMV was strongly associated um, with, you know, it's, it caused cancers and, and things because it inhibited apoptosis of infected cells and EBV. So when you look at the family members of viruses, it says some of those viruses, GBVC and, and, and MV virus, actually suppress HIV infection. And so this is where you talk about the flu vaccine and, and its use. And this is why what you're saying is true and what I'm saying is true and how the governor, the government absolutely knows. Because in that paper, 
of the flu vaccines, we know that, that it's called viral interference. Sometimes influenza viruses and, and waking up that part of the immune system with the flu vaccine can suppress the infection of other respiratory infections or suppress the expression of other re um, respiratory viruses. But that's not so with coronavirus. And there's only one paper, but there's all with flu vaccines, but it's also DTP shots. We've known this throughout history that vaccines can, can exacerbate or or, or, or amplify your susceptibility to a coronavirus. Because so the, the, the immune competence, so, and, and that we're being told to wear masks and suppress your CD4, your, your memory responses, and, and clearly the most oxygen depleted are the people who already have the viruses and the diseases. And that's why I keep saying the XMRVs are part of this. And that's why Ian Lipkin got awarded the $34 million grant. So what does he do right after he puts to bed XMRVs, Judy Mikovits and Frank Rossetti forever, forces them out of all all work, you know, literally, it's as if Good Morning America had XMRV all a hoax going across the bottom of the screen. So you can see how the fake news is married to the fake science news. And this is where, you know, President Trump is correct. So the horror for everything happened to me is Nature the Journal Science, the journal, are little more than fake news and commercials for a government agenda, um, which literally, that's why I call this a plague of corruption. That's why we wrote the book, and the book looks like prophecy. Um, and because I didn't realize any of this when we wrote our first book, Plague, which, which detailed this kind of scientific misconduct and fraud at every level. Um, and that's why my response when, when the science uh, hatchet job um, writer, um, uh, commission writer Martin Enserink at, and, and John Cohen are the two that, that went after me for three years and just kept showing you the fraud. Um, and, and, and that's in my truth about cancer talk. And I really didn't even know it until 2019. So you, this is, this is, these are data and what happens with the writers and the editors of these journals who are not scientists is they tell America what you should be interpreting. So from the beginning, they said, we said XMRV caused chronic fatigue syndrome. One sequence, VP62, the only sequence we were allowed after the fact to call XMRV, after the fact, because that was the infectious molecular clone. Um, that wasn't the natural isolate that Bob Silverman, that's why we call it the assassin clone in our book, because it assassinated us because the government said you can only say SARS-CoV-2. So they're saying, oh, it's not engineered. It's not engineered because you're not allowed to see the millions of sequences around the world. And so this, it really is important to see that as these viruses talk to, to each other, we can see the exact cytokine signature. So the SARS-CoV-2 signature I mean, it's exactly the one we published in 2011 for XMRVs. So just because nobody will identify the XMRVs, 
What is the government test? The only well, wait. I get. I get a question. So yeah. you know the actual serum concentrational levels of these of these interleukins? I mean, did, um, I, mean yeah. I can. I have access to, to MDs that that I can. I can. I can. What What is the signature? I'll I'll get that. Right if you could send me, if you could send me, you I'm know, somewhere the actual paper. signature. Yeah. I'll of, send of you the, the paper of the different here's, cytokines, and then I'll, I want to I want to dive into that. Here's the signature paper, and we actually published this after, you know, in 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 early 2011. But this is this is my intellectual property. I did that first at the lab of in, in of, uh, lab of antiviral drug mechanisms, and I say our team when I say I, as I directed this. The first thing we started doing was these multiplex um, disease signatures of infection or disease. So this, so I didn't say, I said the XMRV, the XMRV virus associated chronic fatigue syndrome. Everybody knows you can have chronic fatigue syndrome from a cause other than this virus. So we went after only these patients with this disease signature. And so that disease, but but we did this work. See how I have HHV6, EBV, and CMV? Because I knew the LISCO paper. We did this before we isolated the virus because that's why I told you how Frank Rossetti and Bernie Boyce succeeded. Well, I've, I've, been, I've, I've been saying from day one that we're going to start seeing a lot of peripheral nervous system disorders. Exactly. And, and now they're saying Kawasaki. Oh, yep. that's, what, that's what CFS patients have. That's what chronic Lyme patients have because the same immune pathways are dysregulated by different interactions, whether it be Borrelia and XMRV. And this is why we wrote our books based on the band played on the movie. And everybody really needs to look at the band played on by Randy Schiltz because he wrote the book. And that's where the opportunistic infection. So here's the six cytokines, and we did, a, we did a huge panel. So here's the panel of cytokines, up and down for IL-7, and I'll send you this paper as soon as we finish talking today. Okay, great. Along awesome. with the other things we're talking about. But you see how this, the inflammatory signature, so, so what, have you, what have you reduced? Oh, interferon alpha? Oh, MCP1, macrophage, chemotactic protein 1. So we had a signature of disease that had 97% as a diagnostic test. Um, and, and again, um, they, when they destroyed my career, they destroyed evidence of this. And this paper was published in, in um, this paper was published in a, in vivo, a rather obscure journal because nobody would publish our papers in 2011 because, and and they only published negative studies um, that didn't at all use the method, didn't at all use biology and were just, they were commissioned fraud. So, and and this, they, and, and so, you know, you know that you can't publish, you know, and here it is, you know, they, you know, so the CFS patients who are known to have a viral or flu-like onset and have tested positive for XMRV by PCR and or serology. 
So it can be that those antibodies I told you we had that detected conformational epitopes, not the sequence epitope of the, that the PCR would detect. And it was the conformational epitope that allowed us to have the, this, you know, the, the, you know, and from our test from the beginning, our science paper of October 2008, um, it clearly showed multiple strains. But because Bob Silverman was, you know, made the mistake in his lab, which he admitted to Frank Rossetti, not to me, but to Frank Rossetti on June, in June, um, when we were in a meeting in Belgium, June, um, I'd say it was about the 6th or, or the 4th through the 6th in um, Leuven, Belgium. Um, and he said, oh, Joy is the name of Gupta, and you can go to our original science paper. I'll show it to you. Joy's re jo Joy feels really bad about ha what happened. Well, what happened? Well, he, he attempted to sequence our, the samples we sent to him from the viruses we isolated from the patient's blood, from their serum, from their plasma, and, and he attempted to sequence them as XMRV, the, the infectious molecular clone. And they never were that. And so by the time we sent him like three samples and he was amplifying these with PCR, Dr. Rossetti and I both said, absolutely not. No more samples because you're risking contamination. Because when HTLV-1 was isolated, there was no such thing as, as PCR. So you start, so you don't have the risk. So when you risk a natural isolate with an infectious molecular clone, the clone outgrows the natural isolate by millions of times. And this right. is how that, those later studies became fraud. So you see the, the, um, you know, low and alter identified XMRVs and the government said, no, they didn't confirm their work and they actually did because we never said it was that sequence, VP62. But see, they pigeon, and our paper didn't say it either. And we didn't say cause. And here's the clear title of what we really right. said. So right. exactly. Is, this is where these commercials, the John Cohens, the Martin Enserings, you know, so it's propaganda masquerading as science. So scientists are good people doing their work, and the people that blow up this study and, and the, the, co, the, um, the opinion paper um, in Science the Journal that was originally published online October 8th of 2009, the opinion paper was by John Coffin. And John Coffin's that same man that in 19 1975 said to Frank Rossetti, don't bother looking for human retroviruses because they don't exist, disease-causing retroviruses. So again, here he publishes a paper um, and it, the, the, the editorial that said, one new virus, how many old diseases? And by the, the last professional debate, debate with John Coffin, um, which I, I'll show you in and in, in share the screen uh, in another way here in a second. The last professional debate I had with John Coffin was, was how many new viruses have we created, John, by injecting proviruses. You know what a retrovirus is? All you need is the DNA, the blueprint, it inserts himself into your white blood cells or into any replicating cells. Think about the explosion of 
colon cancer. XMRVs, anyone? Absolutely. Um, and here's the, um, I'll go ahead and, and rip through this kind of quickly. Um, but, but this matters because um, of the contaminated blood supply. I first reported that the blood supply was of, of London was contaminated when I appeared at, at when, when all of us had an international workshop on XMRVs. And I say international because a lot of positive data came. People came from everywhere and submitted their abstracts. Children, autism, ITP, blood diseases, chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Oh, here's this. And, and things like we're talking about right now. Oh, wait a minute. They're causing microvascular disorders. Oh, wait a minute. They're causing, you know, people are more susceptible if they have hemochromatosis. Why? Because ferritin in the blood and, and, and dysregulation of, of hemoglobin creates a cytokine storm that's very similar overlapping to the, the signature I just showed you for XMRV. So right after that meeting, Francis Collins, I, I, I gave the talk on the, on the chronic fatigue syndrome and I used a, a patient cohort from London, from the UK, around London, where we sent a, um, uh, a phlebotomist, blood, phlebotomy services international still exists under the direction of Ed Cutler. Um, and you can call him. He's still a colleague and a friend. He knows exactly what we do. These samples didn't get contaminated in the lab. So it's the exact opposite, this natural evolution and these people that are walking around spreading these viruses for, for decades are, um, are, 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 are getting infected. So I showed the London cohort. I used two different kinds of tests and I can give you, I'll email you, I'll find that slideshow that I gave on September 6th or 7th of 2010 at this international workshop. In our first book, we have the entire abstract book. I'll make sure you get that. You see, every one of our books is heavily referenced with the proof of the science they don't want you to know. So it says here, and this is a former C CDC employee. This is um, Suzanne Vernon, PhD. I, I only see the the top of your the top of your um, screen. Okay. So if you're trying to show something, do you, do you see agency heads are scared? No, it's just, I just I just see the the the, the top win the the top toolbar that you have on on your screen. Okay, let's see reason. if I can un. Okay, so let's let's I'll do a new share. Let's do this one and then I'll yeah I can see the plague of corruption yeah okay now this so everybody is buy her book everybody buy her book matter these books and this one's harder to read plague is a lot harder to read because it's just science and I had no idea you know, and so Kent Tekken Lively is a sixth grade science teacher and an attorney and a father whose daughter was clearly injured and infected with XMRVs, severely vaccine injured. That's what I wanted, sweetie pie. So I'm not waiting for anything else. Okay. So um, my husband. Um, so, so this is what my comment that I made in a newspaper in, in 2014 when this book was published here said retroviruses and environmental toxins led to this explosion of chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. And then plague of corruption, of course, is um, I realized after this book was in press in 2014, August, August 31st of 2014, is the first time I really understood this had 
anything to do with vaccines, anything to do with the cover-up of MMR, Andy Wakefield, Brian Hooker, William Thompson, because on August 31st, 2014, 14, you know, three years after I was jailed and, and, and this was one of the first times I was allowed to go out, but I wasn't allowed to speak in public because under threat of being arrested again. So again, there's no gag order other than the fact they've already done this to me. And I was, you know, my lawyer said, oh, they had no evidence the first time, did they? And so they, you know, if I publicly went on Facebook, if I did blogs, if I talked to you, if I did anything um, in this window where they dropped the criminal criminal charges of fugitive from justice, felony fugitive from justice without a parking ticket. How can you be running when you're at home after you've been fired? Six weeks after you've been fired, your charge, and, and this charge was put at NIH by Tony Fauci in, 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 in you know, after, um, you know, before I was arrested and, be, and, and to keep me from participating physically in a lab in the multi-center study that was published in 2012, September, October. I'm held under these criminal charges until June 12th. And when they're dropped on June 12th, they're dropped without prejudice, meaning at any time they can come right in my house if I, and take my, and they took all between the day I'm fired, September 29th, and the day that I'm arrested, false arrest, held in jail on this felony charge, and, and we'll get into that, um, you know, I'm not allowed to say one word until the end of 15, which is supposedly when I committed the crime that there's no crime. Um, anyway, charge. So it's really hard for a scientist because on some of these interviews, and, and I believe in pandemic movie, I said there's no charge. Well, how can you be a felony charge, a fugitive from justice with no warrant? And, and, and this, is, this is where we go. This is the kind of power these people have. So I was on this slide before. So right after I gave the talk at the, at the first and last XMRV workshop, um, you know, Suzanne Vernon, a 20-year CDC employee, um, says on um, agency heads are scared to death. And she said this four days after I showed and, and all Francis Collins said about my study, where it was something like 60 or 70% positive in the patients and 4% in the controls was where'd you get the controls? And I said, my collaborator, and he got them from the blood supply of London. Well, this was in 1991, one, at the height of a HIV infection, before we changed the paradigm with my PhD um, thesis, which they said it didn't change any paradigm. Hey, you could say that, but hey, the data reflect differently. <laughs> 1999, one million Americans were, were infected with HIV. So in 2010... This is 10 to 25 million Americans. 3.75 is the negative controls in our science paper. And Harvey Alter's confirmation found 7%. That's, that's 40 million, 30 million Americans in 2011, which likely got into humans by a contaminated blood supply. And now it had been contaminated since the 80s. And how do we know that? Because... Here is Shai Shing Lo's confirmation study. 
and 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 the Science Mag article yesterday, the the um, a, another one of these commission things. It's it's a it's a, a freelance writer telling you what the public what what really happened in the science, and that's not what happened at all. And I, I noticed this. The same thing was happening when I was starting to to you know start talking about this bioengineered right. SARS-CoV-2, you have all these writers saying, no, Correct. there's no way. They're trying to bury. Correct. They're trying to bury the weapons program. Correct. And so they're burying it. So this is exactly that you've got editorials and they're inviting papers. Well, what do you need to make a living? Oh, publications in good journals. Oh, you get a nature paper. Oh, you get a science paper. Oh, they're fraud. I mean, they're commission fraud. And that's the hardest thing in all of this for me to comprehend is that our fake news, Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, CNN, is based on fake science news. You know, right. so our whole science for- It's been infiltrated. Years, it's been infiltrated. infiltrated. Yeah. And so here's what Harvey Alter actually said, his paper's down here on the right. And he said, so it's probably better term is murine leukemia virus related viruses which is exactly what the title of our paper was, XMRV, but we were only of an infectious retrovirus, XMRV, because that's what Joy Dasgupta, here's J, his name is J-Dip. He's technically the second author of the paper because there's two co-first authors, meaning they contributed equally. Lombardi was doing the immunology correlates like the signature of infection, and we couldn't find a correlate like NK cells or something that's in all of the patients because there were so many strains and there were so many things that we didn't understand. So Frank Rossetti did all the virology because he's the pro. He started the whole field. And, and and, um, and they're co-first authors. Joy Dasgupta, he's called J-O-Y, did the sequencing. So he's the one that came to us when we sent him samples. Our lab was never contaminated. The samples went one way. And so we sent the samples that we'd isolated from the patients who we knew to be positive to Joy. And, and after the third attempt, we said no more samples. And then suddenly he came up with it XMRV. And because nobody knew there was a family, they didn't, they only had sequences from PCR. They made a synthetic infectious molecular clone. Their paper, their papers on this virus family was first met, done in 2005 in prostate cancer. How do I know that? I'm making drugs for prostate cancer and neuroimmune disease because they involve the same pathways and the same diseases for inflammatory hormone-driven cancers. This is what I do for a living. So, um, you know, so we had to say an infectious retrovirus, XMR, RV in the blood cells. That's where we found it with patients. Does that say cause to you? Nope. And what the last line of the, of the science paper said, taken together, these data demonstrate the first direct isolation of an infectious XMRV from humans and implicate a new, a role of, for XMRV infection in the pathogenesis, in the causation of CFS. We didn't say cause. We didn't say, we said implicate a role. And, and again, we could only say XMRV became only to the government and everyone else that 
VP62. So when Harvey Alter comes along and says, oh, the better term is XMRVs that, that also include this virus. And where did he get them? Well, he got them from chronic fatigue patients. Shai Xing Lo worked in HIV AIDS, and his theory was mycoplasma was the causative agent, the uh, a causative agent. And so when it worked out that the HIVs were more associated with the immune dysfunction and the acquired immune deficiency and the breaking of that immune competence teeter-totter, you know, um, without the HIVs, you don't get AIDS. So it's HIV doesn't cause AIDS. The opportunistic infections in the total breakdown that I just showed you is AIDS. So now we know you can have HIV and never get AIDS. And that's what my PhD thesis was. Molecularly, how do you keep the virus silent so people never get AIDS? And then we develop drugs around that. And those, that's the history. So you can say I didn't do anything. I don't care. I never really cared what anybody said about me. This is a corrupt old boys network. If you think a woman is going to go in there and make a discovery when people like John Coffin said, you know, oh, you know, uh, uh, did their disease causing retrovirus. And he was embarrassed because he wrote the article that said one new virus, how many old diseases. And at the end of the day, it was how many new viruses and, and, and how many new diseases or how many exploding diseases. And we'll show that. So this paper was published in 2000. And 10, but the, the PNAS journal, it was in press when, when the CDC got wind of it and the, oh shit, they just replicated them and it, and it fit with our data. But what's the bigger problem here? Where'd Shaixing Lo get the samples? Oh, back in the 80s, he froze a box of samples. And I'm just, I'm not sure exactly what the box says, but non-HIV AIDS. Why? Because they came from women and children. They had all kinds of T-cell defects. They had all kinds of immune defects. They weren't, they weren't, um, gay men, it was called gay-related immune deficiency. And they had clearly no evidence of LAV, HIV, or the other pathogens. Um, And so what he did when he saw our paper is he pulled this box out of the freezer, used our method in those samples with PCR, our PCR method, and and he adapted it a little bit to catch the, the wobble and the strains. And there you are. 86.5% 86.5% in samples from 1991 to 94. So how long's the blood supply been contaminated, folks? And, and how much disease have we spread with how many strains of viruses? And oh my God, it was so much more than HIV and HHV6 and mycoplasma mold. It's the Borrelia. And it says, so why, and and so what they tried to do, and and so in 2011, Harvey Alter picked the poison to have his paper withdrawn. And, And this was another lie of the science paper from yesterday. It wasn't retracted. His paper was not retracted. He withdrew it. Why did he withdraw dry? Because he ran out of this box of samples. We tested him so many times between 9 and 11. He had no more samples. So he couldn't repeat his study. That's why he withdrew it. You know, and, and so he, but, mm. but we were forced to retract the data. And I say force authors to destroy the data because that's why I was fired. 
And this is what I learned after. And I, you know, I didn't know that's what was going on. That's what I'm trying to say. So this is what I learned after I met Brian Hooker in 2014, because nobody knew about William Thompson. Nobody knew about the data dump at the CDC where they brought everybody in on a weekend. Oh, why do they do it on a weekend? Oh, because the government's closed and all these people can't get charged with federal crimes. And they had a data burning party. And William Thompson, as we know from, from the movie Vaxxed and now from as a whistleblower, he knew it was illegal to, to destroy federally funded data. So he simply put it in the safe for 20 years and, and drank himself to death while, while Brian Hooker's um, son, who's severely injured as well, um, did freedom of information, FOIA, 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 show us the raw data, use raw data, don't use crap ass statistics. So anyway, so this is, you know, this paper was submitted to PNAS, and I'm going to say March or April of 2010, within months, I mean, within within months of our, of our paper, they had the data. There was also another investigator named Gary Owens, who also replicated our findings, and he did that within one month. Oh, but they renamed that too. They call, he called it XMRV2 in his talk. He gave this talk in Cleveland at the Cleveland Clinic where, um, where Silverman worked in a meeting they held November 10th, 2009. Um, and, and he called it XMRV uh, and two, number, the numeral two because it was and we it, because it was a family member it was and and so john coffin stood up there screamed at him said you can't call it xmrv2 you don't know phylogeny so they they tweaked everything into a phylogenetic argument a twisted argument like you heard fauci yesterday um talk about oh we're gonna do risk assessment what does that mean you're not going to do a safety study and in in gardasil studies they called it immunological bridging. It's unethical to inject a nine-year-old girl. So we did the study and people from um, a different continent, I, I believe, um, and uh, or, or Mexico for Gardasil and 30 and 40-year-old women. And, and we're going to use immunological bridging studies to say, oh, the same data works in a nine-year-old. This is how they sorry, fraudulently, you know, destroy the understanding and people can't possibly understand the the fraud of all of this. Um, And um, like I have, but I learned. Um, So, but actually this paper was held up. The editor and the editor of the journal, and I'll remember his name and you can probably find it because he was the editor of the journal PNAS in 2010. Later, he got a Nobel Prize. He said, I'll never, ever publish again. As they were pressured to hold this up in the galleys. And you as a scientist know what that means. It's past peer reviews. They've got it all ready to go. And they held it up while the CDC and and a non-PhD named Switzer quickly fabricated a fraud based on doing a PCR, doing a PCR towards... um, uh, doing a PCR that only detect VP62. So that's very, very important that the PCR of the CDC, and then they said, nobody had it. So that's one of the studies, oh, you can't replicate it. No, nobody had it. Nobody had it, not in patients, not in controls, absolute 
Commission fraud. This paper finally came out, and what the government said is the same thing they said. No, 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 it's not the same thing. It's a different clone. It's a PMLV, and they just start using all this um, alphabet soup to, and and phylogenetics, which we, you and I were talking about earlier with SARS-CoV-2, So, and what is really causing these things. So the who and where, here's the invitation only meeting, July 22nd, 2009. That's, that's two, um, that's four months because, before our paper was published, and these are all the people who showed up, you know, HIV, you know, and all of them, spent the rest of the summer. Who's John Schiller? Oh, he's one of these guys at WHO who tries to prevent anybody from figuring out what, and, and in America, what trying to work together to, to, to keep America from knowing about adventitious viruses in, in vaccines. And I'll show you some of that. Wait, before, before you switch the slide, the, yeah. the guy in the center on the left, who's that? The this guy in the center. Yeah. Harold you know Barnes. Harold Varmus. This picture is 2000. I know who everybody is in this paper because I, I, I put the who and why. So this is 2009. And I'll just say the introduction tells you exactly. They were worried enough about all the data that was coming in saying, oh my God, it's a lot more than prostate cancer. Oh my God, it looks like animal caretakers are seroconverting. That means they got exposed. Oh, wait a minute. That means these things are contagious. And so that this is when the government tries to start covering it up. But, but, but what we did was we gave them all our samples. Gary, we gave Gary Owens our samples. We gave everybody our samples and everybody replicated our data if they didn't look for VP62. If they looked using our protocols, our antibodies, we gave them all the reagents. So on October 8th, against everything the government tried to do, can you imagine a paper that gets submitted on May 6th and then the day after this meeting, and we convinced them all with more data than was even in the paper because we had so much more and we only focused it in the journal. I mean, the, 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 we, had, we had three times the paper. The journal cut it by two thirds. You can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say that. Has nothing to do with immunology. Has nothing to do with the paper. This is virology. So, and I've got the original manuscript. I've got the original approved manuscript. So what people don't understand is peer reviewers review these papers. They say, okay, it's okay. And they rigorously do the, and, and then the journal makes it make news, especially science and nature. And then they let the, the, the um, opinion articles come out and tell the, tell the public and other scientists what to think. But other scientists never see the manuscript. And so later they said, oh, the reason why science retracted the paper is because after the meeting, I, uh, well, I'll go, I'll go into that later. But these, so this is Harold Varmus. Of course, this is Hillary Clinton. And what's important at this, and this is the NIH Criminal Center. Um, what's important about this is this is 2011. This is 2011, and the rest of the paper really doesn't matter because they our book goes into a plague of corruption in quite detail. But here's Fauci, here's Collins, who when the blood supply of London was 4%, ordered Fauci to do the study. 
Fauci gave the, the, the direction of the study and the $2.3 million funds for the multi-center study, which was supposedly the acts that said there never was an XMRV. Judy Mikovits is, is guilty, charged, done, finished in her career, and knows nothing. So um, these are the diseases. So when I said at the bo bottom of this slide, why? I said, why? Because in, in 1999, it was a million Americans. And, and now you're talking in 2011, 25 million Americans. And it's been a decade. They, they're still in the vaccines. We're loading up with more and more and more. We haven't taken the viral monkey kidney cells out. Haven't taken, you know, the maize and Pfizer, the mink cell focus for me. We haven't taken the mouse tissue out. We haven't taken, you know, the polio vaccine is giving these infants um, XMRVs. And, and, and we can see that in the diseases they're developing and, and the amount. So here's all the diseases. Every single one with an asterisk is, is a, more than one published paper associating retroviruses and inflammation. And in the cardiovascular disease, it was called B4RV, which Gary Owens called XMRV2 inflammation, driving cardiovascular. What are we hearing in COVID? Oh, people are dropping dead after the flu vaccine. Why? Inflammation and all the garbage. Avian, the chicken eggs have retroviruses, avian ret bird retroviruses. The, the tetra um, vaccine that was introduced into Italy, never tested safe or anything like that. That tetra vaccine was grown in dog kidney cells. Dogs have coronaviruses. Sorry, what are we testing for when we test these tests? Are we testing for SARS-CoV-2? Are we testing for the coronaviruses you wake up? Are you, are you testing for the coronaviruses you wake up and calling people positive who've never been exposed? And did you drive with these flu vaccine programs the, that increase the probability that people who did get exposed would get infected and get disease. So I use the title of this slide and then I presented this talk in its entirety to at, at Truth About Cancer on October 13th of 2019. 19. And I showed the pictures and I, I named names. And this is when our book was literally in press. The only thing that wasn't done in Plague of Corruption was Bobby Kennedy's forward because he didn't understand it. When I finally explained to him the, the, the depth and the breadth, I mean, I, I don't say I finally explained, when he saw it, and all I had to say is, think about William Thompson. And he's like, and I said, and he quoted William Thompson in, in that fraud. And I said, time to stop quoting the criminals and quote the heroes. Suzanne Humphreys, Brian Hooker, Andy Wakefield, um, Luke Montagnier, you know, uh, on and on and on. But Jeff Bradstreet, people who have contributed to understanding how, you know, and this is, this was a publication from, this was a publication from 2011. Um, written by a, a former colleague in HIV AIDS research, and it's in the book, so I won't say it out loud. But he said, hey, when our paper was going on, and, and it's January of 11, and that's significant because the study design for the for the replication study, the multi-center study that eventually, um, that eventually was um, 
published that published fraud that that science the journal discussed and showed the press conference for and and we can talk about that part of it but that the 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 study design and the funding was set november 4th 2010 so september 6th was the meeting colin said fund the study limp i mean I was going to say, fund the study Fauci. And I was going to say limp dick, but that's what we call it. It's him. okay. It's all right. <laughs> so it's all right. He's, he's a limp dick. That's what we called him in the lab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of balls does a man have who takes exactly. out women and children in this woman's science? Exactly. None. Exactly. And so he wrote this opinion paper in the journal Frontiers in Molecular Biology, January of 2011. I have no idea. I have nothing to do with vaccines. Ken Heckin lively found this paper. I have no idea. I have no idea. So November 4th, 2010, it's do the study. You know, in January, it's like, oops, it's not just a contaminated blood supply, folks. It's it's in the vaccines. Oh, shit. And who are the most vulnerable from Thompson's work? Oh, the black boys. Oh, why? Because they don't have RNA cell. They, they, have, they, they make less RNA cells. So until you get to three years old with MMR, Andy Wakefield was right. He showed nonspecific inflammation of the gut. He showed the development of that fire that went on. And now we know we were looking for biomarkers in 1999 as part of my, my lab of antiviral drug, drug mechanism for why black people get more aggressive prostate cancers and aggressive breast cancers. So, I, of course, I'm working making drugs for prostate cancer aggressive. We've got the XMRV associated. That was the sequences never isolated from Bob Silverman's work. It was people who didn't have RNA cell. So the, the, if, if they hadn't covered that up in 2001, what we would have, we would have known. Oh, you simply wait or protect them or don't give them three RNA viruses at the same time that require RNA cell is an enzyme that just degrades RNA floating around the blood. Can't do that. Can't have RNA floating around the blood. It's a danger signal. And that's why these vaccines they're talking about are going to kill these people. It's going, why are the blacks more vulnerable? Retroviruses don't know who they're infecting. These people are the ones who can't degrade. So we're seeing that in COVID-19. So everything I'm saying, I know you'll appreciate mm. is the plague of corruption. And that's it's, why it's, it, it's interesting that some of the studies are showing that the, I live in New York City. So right. a, the Bronx is starting to have a, a flare up. Right. And, and it's, it, it's the black community. That, Correct. that has, you know, has the more severe cases. Correct. And because I'm saying it's not just SARS-CoV-2, they've already got this. They were the most severely injured by the vaccines. They've been loaded up with most. Why? Because they can't afford to homeschool their kids. You know, the black community in D.C. is an issue, too. And I know that because my my sister teaches kids My that sister who was the Pentagon secretary in her 20s, but retired after she got married and, and, and um, you know, and, and or, or quit and, and left and, and became a mom. Well, she teaches inner city kids in the black. They can't homeschool their kids. Oh, and by the way, if they get 10 percent off their groceries and a free a free shot. You know, they're in line. So these are the ones that are the most vulnerable. So we're, we're literally killing on purpose the most vulnerable in our society and the ones we've already injured. I won't read this email, but when we found the blood supply heavily contaminated, I wrote it August 31st, 2011, when they were trying to rush this paper into the journal Science and it wasn't going to be the blood supply 
is not heavily contaminated. They were going to say it's, it was going to have nothing to do with what it should have said is the blood supply is heavily contaminated. And because there are so many strains and because they're heavily methylated in silence, we don't have a PCR test. So we can't possibly figure out how heavily contaminated the blood supply. There were 22 CPG sites. CPG, CPG, that's methylation. That was my epigenetic revelation of how HIV, my postdoctoral studies with Stephen B. Balin, a paradigm-shifting paper, again, took five years to get it published in molecular cell bio because everybody said, that's impossible. You're an idiot. Yeah, I don't care how many times they call me idiots. It had to do with NF kappa B too. How did we know NF kappa B, I kappa B phosphorylated held in the cytoplasm? Oh, our work with biology showed that AIDS patients have that NF kappa B, that flame in the nucleus of themselves, turning on that cytokine signature. So when I submitted that paper, they said, you know, and what I did to do it was I isolated the nuclei away from the cytoplasm. And they said, oh, your nuclei are contaminated because everybody knows um, that NF-kappa B is a, is a cytoplasmic protein. Good try, stupid. And, and then I just threw that in the desk drawer and said, I don't care what you think. And I, I was lucky all these years that I worked for Frank Rossetti because we were in the intramural program and we didn't have to publish or perish. So we were in that protected space and nobody cared about Frank Rossetti. I was the only person anybody would let him hire for 10 years. You know, when, when Fauci was screaming at the phone, he'd already been exiled and fired. And that's why he was bullying into giving him pay. Paper. And I actually found out the truth of that paper when I talked to Frank um, a, a few weeks, uh, a week or You know so. what, what, what is really amazing to me is, is that with Fauci, at least front stage, he seems mild-mannered and oh, you know, right. really kind. Stop but it. I can tell, I can tell that he screamed the, at me like I'm a stupid woman, you know, you give that to, you know... And unfortunately, I was younger then, so my gut reaction wasn't fuck you. Um, in, in later years, my gut reaction was fuck you, and that got me into a lot of trouble. Um, I was fired for insolence and insubordination. Um, uh, and, and the insolence, it was when told by the uh, Whittemores of the Whittemore Peterson Institute, my bosses, when told to cover up misappropriate their, their misappropriation of federal fund, their unvalidated blood tests that they were selling to people and charging Medicare. When I was told to just look the other way and ignore that i said fuck you and was fired on the street in september 29th of 2011 so yes i was a bit rude um i should have just said no thank you my lord i've since studied the book of daniel and the book thriving in babylon so i'm good at that now but at any rate i wrote this in the late summer when it was clear that the blood supply was heavily contaminated it was clear we didn't have a test because we didn't appreciate the heavily methyl latent sequences that you had to wake up in order to see the virus because you'd be now you see it now you don't so you take the same patients and they'd say ha 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 they don't have it and you said that patient had it we'll use five days of cytidine jerk you know but the science the journal wouldn't let us they, they took that out of the paper. And, and this was one of the other things they said, you made up that figure. No, we didn't. There was nothing fraudulent about it. We just cut it up for the purpose of one talk, September 22nd, because all the other lanes didn't matter. 
All that really mattered is we use 5-A's of cytidine. And then they said, well, you didn't say you use 5-A's of cytidine in the methods. You cut it out when you took two-thirds of the paper out, and you said that didn't matter. So this is how, you know, we didn't do anything. And in fact, they after I was jailed or and, and arrested and my career destroyed, they investigated every single notebook because Frank Rossetti and Judy Mikovits, when you work on as co-principal investigators, you have to keep all the copies of all the data. And so they investigated every single figure where that figure originated and said, there's no wrongdoing. Just because you didn't put five A's of cytidine in the methods, there's no wrongdoing. But this, this, they, they were rushing this to publish to destroy the CFS community, shut this down forever, the patient community. Remember, Suzanne Burden, agency heads are scared to death if XMRV works out. What do you mean works out? You know, oh, because you, you got 40 million Americans. And now in COVID-19, if those 40 million Americans get a flu vaccine, or get this new vaccine we have to have, they will be killed and you will bury them as COVID-19 and you will never go find the retroviruses, will you? And, and it'll stay buried forever. And that's why the ferocity of the fake news response against me, because this is all out here. Well, what's interesting about this is this talk was given, um, this talk was given October 13th of 2000 and, uh, um, uh, of 19. Um, and this was all in the book at the time. So, but I gave this talk because that's what truth about cancer asked me for. It wasn't, it wasn't my choice. Um, and, uh, and the book was supposed to be published on November 5th. Um, and oh, when did COVID-19 start? When did this rush? We better do something quick folks. Here comes the week gotcha. And, and, uh, you know, and people are going to wake up. So the blood supply was heavily contaminated. And I gave this talk at the New York Academy of Sciences, right behind Ian Lipkin, you know, the senior investigator on the multi-center study that put Judy Mikovits away and stood there in that press conference and said, you know, what, you know, what, yo, Dr. Mikovits, do you have something to say? And I said, it, 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 what is it? VP62, the infectious molecular clone, because that was the only virus on November 5th when the study design was fit, because they had twisted, as I said, with Harvey Alter's things, all we could look for was VP62, and all they could look for was what they found, and it never was. And then the CDC looked for nothing because all their tests were to, were to VP62, and we all knew VP62 wasn't there, but I was told in 11, after all that happened in 11, and it was so clear how many diseases, this is March 29, 2011, Four to eight percent. So was it reproducibly detected? Yeah. In the population. Forget the patients. Eight percent of the population is still 40 to 50 million Americans that you have liability. Look what HIV cost us for one million American. Look at vaccine court already paid out billions of dollars for you know, this, it, this is trillions of dollars worldwide. London and the Nature Journal, oh, they, yeah, they got together because London had the problem too. Remember what um, mad cow disease cost them? Mm -hmm. 
Remember London in mad cow disease. Mm -hmm. so, so they knew a disease to affect the economy of nations was the, the foreword of our first book play. That was around 2000, was that around 1999, 2000, sure. the mad cow? Because the reason why I say that was I, I lived in Germany, in Lipstadt, Lipstadt Germany, mm -hmm. for an automotive project. I used to be an automotive engineer. And yeah. so I was working for a company called Hella Bearer Vehicle Systems. Right. And um, Hella is a very big company in, 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 uh, in Germany, and so is Bear. Bear is a very big company. But um, they did a joint venture, and we were, we were this joint venture company. Um, and during this time period, I remember my colleague, he was, he was, he was complaining that he couldn't eat beef because of the mad cow, mad cow disease that was going on during that time period. So, and they're playing that same game with coronaviruses right now, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Well, coronaviruses wouldn't jump species if you can use alpha interferon, but the FDA stopped that too, didn't they? So in 1980, 40 years ago, and we know Dr. the doctor who did all of that work, and we've got proof, and that will be another book that Kent Heck and Lively is going to write of this plague of corruption now for 40 or 50 years in our blood supply. But again, this talk was given March 29th. This was the conclusions right off the slide. I presented this right after Ian Lipkin. It was clear how heavily in every single study. You know, so yeah, that's replication, folks. The only thing we don't have is the patients. Why? Because they never looked at the patients with the disease signature we did. They just pulled tired people out of the phone book. And that's what that's the way the multi-center study was done, except for one thing. But see, this is what I said. The data suggests there are different strains of gamma retroviruses that can infect humans, just like that, just like Harvey Alter and Shai Shinglo. Assays that capture the variation of these viruses are the best. Serology and transmission, which we have the only valid in my institute, not in the company Annette Whittemore owned. She was doing he they were doing the PCR that was Silverman's and never detected VP62. VP62 was never in humans. It was the XMRVs, and this is where they get to the double speak. So, um, but what, what did I show? Frank Rossetti taught me never show a problem without a solution. So at the end of this talk, I said, and I showed the data for this. I showed Ebola. I showed, I showed HTLV1. I showed HIV. I showed um, uh, XMRVs that this technology would clean up the blood supply. And so, so we could activate it. So you can almost see in retrospect, the wheels turning. Uh-oh, we got a real big problem here, but we can clean up the blood supply and say this moron is just stupid and it never was contaminated. But you can't make this talk go away. And this was a detailed talk, at least 30 minutes, and I have every slide. Um, and I said, what did I say? Need for more full-length sequencing. Just like you're doing here, and you only get a snapshot, your work's not wrong. Your data suggests those sequences were engineered. But so much more, because how many sequences? What we learned in this work was every time you grow that vat, Every time you take those mice and you put them in different cell lines, let's just say this is Vero E6 here in this vat. Every time you do that, in two weeks, you can get new recombinants. You activate, you're putting different animals in different, that's why they're red and blue. So here we do, we digest, this was from um, Basomatic. Remember Saturday Night Live? 
So mm -hmm. I explained this to Ernie Hancock on Freedoms Phoenix for about five years trying to talk retroviruses and, you know, it's too complicated. Now, here it is. You take, you digest the little mice, you take their blood, the viruses are in their blood, you grow them in the Vero monkey kidney cells. And then you take them and you don't even filter them, you don't clean them up, and you inject the whole gamish into a vulnerable baby who can't degrade them. And this is exactly what is going to happen. Um, probably the recombinant ones are even worse because they make them in liposomes so they infect every cell of the body. Oh good, put the blueprint of an RNA virus in every cell of the body and see what kind of nightmare how many people you kill. But basically this email says they were going to rush it to publish in, in August that the blood working group, we clearly didn't have a test. We could, I, I said it two months earlier, clearly didn't have a test that would reproducibly produce it. No question about that. And, um, and, um, and 8% of the population is a big problem for them and they haven't cleaned it up yet. Um, so, oh, they got approved you know, three years after I went away. And I guarantee you, they'll clean all the coronaviruses out of there and say that the blood supply was never contaminated, but uh, likely because they were working on it and released it between, um, you, can, you can say the same thing is going on. So here, um, here is the paper that they rushed to press. That email basically said, if you rush this to press without a fair and balanced discussion, if you use the title that says failure to confirm this was an association study there were only eight or ten people in the whole study this wasn't a failure to confirm in the blood of patients this was the blood supplies heavily contaminated and we don't have a test and so they called me up right after i wrote this email michael bush and simone glenn the head of the national heart lung and blood institute see who it's addressed to simone glenn and I copied Frank Rossetti, always do. And, and I blind copy him most of the time so they can't figure it out. Um, and I said, I have IRB. They wanted to rush it to print. I said, I have IRB protected data that I can't even access. This was Labor Day weekend. And, and um, I said, you know, I said, given the complexities and limitations of the studies, many of which were not recognized at the time of the flawed experimental design, once you set the experimental design, you can't change it. That becomes fraud. And that's important in every one of these studies. And I said, a holiday at that, that's unacceptable. It's not good science or a proper, appropriate process. I said, what's the rush? Afraid of the truth? Um, just because um, of, uh, how many of these viruses were introduced into the human population and are now threatening a lot more than the blood supply because a few declared it impossible 40 years ago and John Coffin himself was the most vociferous and then you go look at the pay and I basically said hey you rush it to print without a fair balance we won't co-author it we'll 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 write a dissenting opinion like a supreme court we won't co-author it Frank Rossetti and my workers said no this is fraud we know what we saw in that blood supply we know what the test said and the data and i said if it's rushed to print without a fair and balanced discussion of its limitations i'll spend every minute of my life exposing the fraud that it's been perpetrated against this patient population and i mean cfs and i mean autism and i need i mean cancer and so that's you know so they obviously rushed it to press they told on the phone the month, the Tuesday after Labor Day, I got a call early in the morning from Michael Bush and Simone Glenn. And Michael Bush was the, I'm, I'm institute, I'm private. You can't, you can't threaten me in the government. 
Ah, but Simone Glenn is National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, and she says, Judy, and she's this French lady, Judy, I have, I have Harold Barmas on the phone, and we're going to bring him in, and if you don't get Frank Rossetti to co-author this paper, then he's going to be fired, and he's going to lose his entire his entire 40-year retirement, and his wife will lose it too because they published that fraudulent science paper in 2008. So I'm saying, you know, sorry, you know, Frank Rossetti taught me every word of the paper is true or you don't publish the paper. So you either change the title back. It's not a confirmation study. You don't have that power for a, a confirmation. There's only eight people in it. How can you call that a, in the blood? That had, wait a minute, a multi-laboratory study? Wait a minute, you got all the samples from me. You know, oh, so three or four people did their PCR and they didn't decide there wasn't a test which was the data, which was what should have been published. They decided, oh, it's a multi-laboratory study. You know, and Michael Bush, here's the senior investigator, the blood system research investigation. I guarantee you he got a lot of money from the NHLBI and from Cirrus Technologies after he published his paper. And see, they made us put our names on it because we were doing the testing. And, and, and so they told me they would change the testing. And so I was told at this September 22nd meeting, it was published online and it wasn't published in print, I think, until November 11th. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding on a boat because they're hunting me down because I refuse to renounce my data. And a week later, I'm jailed. That's, that's when the paper was published. Like I can actually see when the papers are published. But see the last line of John Cohen's little, little paper over here? She, Mikevitz said she hopes to have full sequences of her new viruses in a couple of weeks. When's that published by this corrupt journal Science? Oh, 30th of September, 2011. Oh yeah, got that. And, and, and here's your news and analysis. So here's <laughs> nobody telling you you're now. This is fraud. And so it was at the IACSF meeting. They, gave, they said, if I gave the talk, that said the viruses are still there. They never were BP62. If I gave that talk, what else did they publish that day? Oh, here you go. Um, I'll, I'll show it to, I see, I think it's up here. Um, false positive, September 21st. John Cohen, false positive. You need a big old red thing through it. Oh, and what's COVID-19 from? Oh, the CDC and everybody admits 80% of the tests are false positive. So here are the Whittemore's company, not the Institute, not what I work for, but what Lombardi was, was misappropriating federal funds and using reagents and using salary that came from my pathophysiology grants from Tony Fauci, from the NIAID and from the DOD. I had several grants and, 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 and supposedly ultimately the, this multi-center study. Um, so September 21st, oh, here's your threat carried out. So I wrote that email and I, I was damned if I did and damned if I didn't. They published this to let the Whittemores know you're going to prison. You're going to, you got, you've published Medicare fraud. You're, you're going to, you're going to prison. And, and um, here's Nevada newsmakers on October 5th. Oh, I'm fired, blah, blah, blah. In a termination letter dated September 30th. Wasn't September 30th. It was September 29th. They're covering up 
this. She wrote the letter September 29th. But how did John Cohen know I'd never see those sequences again? Oh, because I'm fired on September 29th, uh, standing outside my lab when they know full well I'm going to Ireland for a couple of weeks to give some talks and I won't be there at all. Lombardi's going to reproduce data that said he wasn't misappropriating funds, take my notebooks, discard them, make them his own, so cover it all up, um, and, and say, see, she's an idiot. And, and, and see, she's that angry woman that went in there and did all this. How did he know I'd never see those sequence again? How do we know exactly where they were in my desk or in my lab is broken into the same night where, where actually it they wasn't broken into because my all my students and all my t- associates were locked out of the lab. I was fired about 3 p.m. And then again, it's memorialized in the journal science. You could see exactly what they did. And then um, and and so then they locked it all down. They opened the desk drawers. The top folder of the right desk drawer were the sequences. Frank Rossetti had brought them to me, but he had copies. <laughs> he had brought them to me a couple of months earlier, and I had showed them to Harvey Whittemore saying, hey, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. We got this. Um, we've got the test. We'll, we'll have the diagnostics. We're fine. Um, oh, but then they've got a little problem because they've misappropriated federal funds. So when when I'm threatened, when I tell them to go fuck themselves in that email of August 31st, Simone Glenn, no, we don't we don't publish fraud in in Mikevitz and Rossetti world. And the minute you the minute you do anything in my lab, it's been that way forever. You're fired. No more discussion. I fired Lombardi in August. And so they put him up there as the director of the institute. So they said, oh, he mistakenly sent cells to my lab. No, he did it on purpose. He told a company that made a cell line because he had to go replicate things. You can't, if you're a company, you can't ask a company to give you a cell line that they make money on. So he he had a little problem. And I knew that because we caught him in the summer because Frank Rossetti was directing him on the plasma cytoidendritic cell project. Frank Rossetti was directing him on the grant. We knew he wasn't doing the work and frank called one day and said tell your tell your postdoc how to fucking freeze some cells and i'm like oh (laughs) and i said what's going on and frank said he asked for the cell line again oh did he well he was fired from my lab and he couldn't go get him out of the freezers because we changed the passwords on the computers and on the freezers so he couldn't go falsify any more data in my world because we caught him and we literally caught him physically stealing reagents while we were trying to do that blood working group and using them to make money on the test. So here's your false positive. So they go to jail. You know, that's the day before. That's the threat to me. Give the talk. Give the talk you want to give. And, and Whittemore and Peter and Whittemore's will destroy you. And Whittemore's will destroy you. And, and of course they did. Here you go. So here's the controversial CFS researcher arrested and jailed. And who wrote this? Oh, John Cohen again. Um, John Cohen again comes in there. And, um, and, um, and, and, and here's what he writes. 
sheriffs in Ventura County, California, arrested Mikevitz yesterday on felony charges that she's a fugitive from justice. She's being held at the Todd Road Jail without bail. But Science Insider could only obtain sketchy details about the specific charges against her. The Ventura sheriff told her they had no available details about the charges and was acting on a warrant issued by Washoe County in Nevada. A spokesperson for Washoe County said it didn't issue a warrant, nor did Reno, nor did Sparks. Um, He said it could have been one of the several federal agencies, those same federal agencies who were scared to death in September of 2010 if XMRV works out. And here in 2012, after I'm charged, arrested, they've they've locked down the lab, they've got every piece of data confirmed because Tony Fauci sent Kathy Lachlan, the grants administrator, the same grants administrator that paid for the multi-center study to inspect my laboratory before I was jailed and make sure everything was there. In that six weeks between September 29th when I went home into Ireland and, and November 18th when I'm finally captured. Um, and, and the embattled institute retains major grant to study chronic fatigue. So they have a principal investigator. They have no principal investigator. They got a postdoc Lombardi who never did an experiment on on the grant and and I fired who misappropriated federal funds they've got a diagnostic company they're 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 committing Medicare and they and they get to do the rarest of things Judy Mikovits the principal investigator on the award but WPI filed a lawsuit against her for misappropriating property didn't miss there that wasn't the charge that was a civil lawsuit they filed on on November 4th of 2011. And so, and they bought the judge, by the way, we got all that. But at any rate, and this is, you know, this is why the two books. Oh, so on November 2nd, I get a letter. You know, I knew they locked down my lab. I knew they had everything. I went back there to get the rest of my possessions out of my condominium that I still own um, after I got back from Ireland. I went home. I started looking for another job. I didn't even think about it again. I'd done everything I could to secure the data. And, and oh, well, see, if I don't secure the data when my lab is locked down, I get misappropriation of federal funds. I get this. I lose the grants. I lose my ability to work because it's it's as if you leak somebody's credit card. The only one who knew what the numbers meant, who were the patients, who were the numbers, where the virus, where did they live, where were the geographic, was Judy Mikovits. Fortunately, I have a photographic memory um, because that's what was in those two desk drawers that they opened up that night, fired me. My student got mad, went in there to finish an experiment and couldn't get in. So he wasn't going to let Lombardi get his research because we worked too hard and Lombardi never did a fucking experiment. And he wasn't going to let him get his data and he was going to finish his experiment. We were going to prove we were right. And he was going to graduate school in a little while, in a couple of weeks, and he had to finish so he'd get papers and publications. So he goes in the building and he finds and he finds um, my office unlocked, the lights on, and those two desk drawers open. And he calls me and I'm driving. I'm, I'm near Auburn, California. And so um, that which is about two hours from Reno. 
and I've already gone home. I said, oh, you know, I've already been fired. And, and I'm thinking, ah, she'll get over it. She's just pissed off because she didn't get away with her little blood test. And I gave the talk a week earlier I wasn't supposed to give. You know, she'll, she'll get over it. She, she'll, she's just pissed off because she put, couldn't pull her little fraud. Well, I had no idea what else they were doing. So again, here she is, February 8th. They're awarded with the grants. So they make up this story for allegedly, the civil lawsuit said, allegedly misappropriating property. But when they sent me the letter that said, you know, here, we're going to file a lawsuit if you don't give us back our property. And here's the contract you signed when you started working here that said, we own every thought you ever had before after, before you got here and after you leave. I didn't sign that. You know, and you can see it's fraud. You could see it was it was um, it was a back page without a separate page, without initials, just stuck there. And the signature, which we learned March twelfth of two thousand and twelve, through my then lawyer Scott Freeman, was Annette Whittemore's, and it was fraud. And I never signed my name. J. Mikevitz or Judy Mikevitz. Uh, my sisters and brothers are JLM, JLM, you know, I sign JAM. Well, I don't use, I use my either J.A. Mikevitz or Judy A. Mikevitz. I don't use Judy Mikevitz um, because all of us are J. Mikevitzes. So here's, here's now May 31st of 2011. Um, before all of this happened, new data spark retraction requests, but we convinced but we convinced Science the Journal that the only thing that needed to be retracted was the VP62. Figure one, what Joy did wrong, that was the only thing that was wrong in the entire paper, and all of the rest of the data have stood till this day. And yet, and, and here, and here in two, December 22nd, 2011, oh, I just got out of jail. In a rare move, science without author's consent retracts the paper. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's like fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, got it. And, um, yeah, why, why did they lose confidence? Oh, because they said we, 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 we manufactured or, or, or changed the data in that slide, which I just told you. It's not, it's not wrong to think with 5As of cytidine to activate a heavily methylated site. And in that talk in, that I gave in Ottawa, I showed that data and I showed that slide of how we knew that from the original paper. Um, but they're the ones that told us to take the, take the, um, cut the paper by two thirds and that reagent wasn't necessary in the methods. So Frank Rossetti's lab was totally cleared of it. We did nothing wrong. We just took a big figure and shortened it into a simple figure because it's too complex in a 30-minute talk. So here's um, John Cohen, September 27th. Another insider lookout. How people with chronic fatigue syndrome view the death of XMRV. Again, two days before I'm two days before I'm fired. You know, six weeks before I'm jailed. What they do in that six weeks? Oh, they made sure they had every single thing there. And what they didn't know is that Max caught them that night because they were going to open those two desk drawers and, and Harvey Whittemore wrote it in an affidavit in the lawsuit that he filed before he saw my response to the threat of a lawsuit. A lawyer wrote a letter and she wrote it fabulously. A patient lawyer wrote it fabulously. And it was clear from the letter, which I faxed to them 
on November 4th, 2011, within the deadline of when I had to respond to this threat of a lawsuit I received on November 2nd. So in that time, um, I was told, you know, I, I, I supplied this and I can only imagine the collective, oh shit, where are the notebooks? And so they captured Max and, and threatened him within his life. And they had been for quite a while. And I knew that when I went back there, this is all in the books. I knew that um, in October, they were trying to catch me and kill me as well. This is, this, this is, these are not nice people and $50 million lying to the FBI and stealing from the mafia is a bit of a problem. I, I should say their employers, the Cenos. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't use words like that. Their employers were the Cenos of Northern California. California and Harvey Whittemore stole $50 million from them. And they obviously, um, he was going to pay them back with the money he got from the diagnostic test. And they lied to the FBI about all of that. Um, and so at any rate, that's, here's your insider look. And, 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 and I, I talked about antiretroviral drugs, you know, and, and, and the, uh, the people who tested positive and praised me for my talk at that meeting because it revealed why they were late and why they were signed. You know, that's my PhD thesis, negative regulation of HIV in monocytes. That's latency. How do we wake it up? How do we keep it quiet and end the disease forever? So yeah. Just, just, a, just a quick question. Yeah. In your research, did you do anything with the TAD protein at all? Oh, back in with the, the a long time ago, yes. Oh. We did a lot of that work molecularly. When I was a postdoc in under Dave Dursey, I did molecular virology as my extra training. Yes, we worked. I mean, not. I mean, we worked with the teams like Barbara Felber and and Pavlakis, Dr. Pavlakis. Um, they did most of the work at the NCI with the TAT protein, but we published with them on several papers, and I can send you my CVs. But this this last bit of payoff. So when I kept my promise from that email. Science, the journal, ended my career, and every single person who made me go away, who participated in that fraud, were rewarded. Here you go. Paper co-author Robert Silverman of the Cleveland Clinic. I requested a full retraction of our findings this summer after discovering that the blood supplies were contaminated. Blood samples were contaminated. Notice he didn't say contaminated with BP62? No, they were contaminated with XMRVs. I, I was, they were never, there was no BP62 in the blood. And that matters because that's why I said what I said at that press conference a year later. That after discovering the blood samples were contaminated, they weren't contaminated with BP62. He knew exactly what he was saying. I was in favor of a retraction of the entire paper. I'm pleased to see that the journal is now granted a retraction of the entire paper. And I agree with that decision. Well, of course you did because you committed the fraud and he's continued to get tens of millions of dollars of grants. Just, oh, and from Ian Lipkin. And what's the paper he's working with? Barrick on COVID and RNA cell in coronaviruses. Get any clue that the only pathogen in COVID isn't coronavirus? Think you got a little XMRV in there and there, that's the big cover up. Anyway, so here's your, your Brian, your Lipkin study, the great debunker. So deliberately use the wrong patients and change the study aims. So I said design to fail. You know, yeah, the study design was, here's the qualification. 
You couldn't have any medical or psychiatric physical condition that might be associated with fatigue. So forget IL-6, folks. Forget our cytokine signature. Do you know what interferon alpha at bad levels does? Oh, fatigue. We know that from using it in, he in hepatitis C. Can't have any abnormal serum characteristics. Oh, that means you can't have ferritin. You can't have these things going on with your microvasculature. The ITP that I associated with it and, and showed at that New York Academy talk and, and, and gave a detailed talk. Idiopathic thrombocytopenia. You know what it is. It's a platelet disorder. It's a bleeding disorder. Oh, it's associated with MMR, says it right on the, on the package insert from Merck. I, some people can get ITP. One of my lawyers here, his, his kid got it. So yeah, we, we got that. We can fix her. Um, you know, you couldn't have Lyme disease. Clinically, Lyme disease and, um, and chronic fatigue syndrome are indistinguishable. And, and so our idea at the time, and it's in play, is that when you have Borrelia and you have XMRV, that's your... Um, path, uh, in the war and peace among the microbes. Pathogens rarely travel alone. They take out the natural killer cells. They take out the same thing. Can't have hepatitis B virus or C virus. Can't have HIV infection. Can't have tapeworm. What's working in COVID? Ivermectin. What's ivermectin do? Tapeworm. I'm just saying. And then a year later, so these were the study, but I got smart in the November 4th meeting. Because I was supposed to, we were all supposed to have a, a say in which patients were picked. And that wasn't going to happen because they brought in their, their hit squads. And, you can't say they can't be. They're a wonderful science. I said, I didn't say they weren't wonderful doctors. They just don't have the patients we have. Dan Peterson would send um, fibromyalgia to, and the patients that didn't have the infections and the, cyt the cytokine signatures, he'd send them to Lucinda Bateman. Oh, so she was the cohort in, in Utah. So the cohorts had nothing to do with the disease. Um, and the only one that did, and you couldn't have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And that was strongly associated. So Susan Levine's center in, in, in New York, she couldn't use anybody with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So, you know, and, and then they put Dan Peterson in a cohort. Well, wait a minute. He can't, and, and, and the qualification with him is that he couldn't use anything we'd ever used in, his, in our study before. Oh, take out those 2,000 people, call them up on the phone book, and everybody got paid. And they're still getting paid to this day. Dan Peterson and Maureen Hansen are getting grants based on their participation in this fraud. So you can follow the money, and it's everyone. Yeah. So here's a year later, and, and Ian Lipkin's quote, We've, and the only center that was left was Montoya in Stanford. And it was the last patient cohort to come in and Frank Rossetti and Maureen Hansen started getting them positive. I'm doing virology by telephone because Fauci has put a fugitive from justice at the NIH and I'm not even allowed to fly through NIH airspace. I don't know if he thought I was dropping um, virus through the air on the airplane at Dulles Airport. You know, I've lived there for 22 years and I'm not allowed to go visit my mother for her birthday. Oh, good. And still participate in his fraud. Um, so here's Ian Lipkin's quote. We found, so, so, so Fauci stopped the study. When Frank got it positive, he said, that's it. When we got to the last cohort, he stopped it. There should have been four, four, 400 more samples and he stopped it. And, and, and Frank and Maureen were getting them positive. And so they convinced, they convinced Maureen and Frank, I kept Frank and I knew it wasn't contamination, but they, they, they said, uh, they, Fauci said, that's it. 
I'm stopping the study. I'm tired of wasting money. We're done. That $2.3 million. Oh, you gave $3.7 million to um, Wuhan, and we can't find out if something's that important to, to 50 million Americans. Really? You're going to stop it? Well, he stopped it because we were getting them positive. And we would have found the association. And he further lied to us. And that's another reason we spoke at that press conference. He further lied to us. And he said, and he said, all the patient characteristics were, all the patient centers were equally represented. The thousand samples you already got were the same number of samples from either cohort. And we didn't learn until September 10th, a year after I sat down at that, September 12th, I believe, was that press conference in New York City where Ian Lipkin flat out lied. We found retroviruses, here's his quote, in a public conference call with the Centers for Disease Control in 85%. Oh, wait a minute. That's exactly what Harvey Alter and Vaughn and Again, it's very difficult to know whether this is clinically significant. And giving the previous experience with retroviruses and chronic fatigue, I'm going to be very clear in telling you, although I'm reporting them in Professor Montoya's samples, neither he nor we have concluded. There you go. Confession. Fraud. The multi-center study was fraud. Fauci stopped it. He held me from it when against all odds, we would have replicated our studies. And so don't sit here and say we didn't replicate our studies. Um, and, and here's just, this goes into, oh, how long have we had reverse transcriptase in, in, in MMR? Oh, 1995. Oh, okay. What MMR? Oh, look, few viral monkey kidney cells, a little HIV, a little XMRV. Sorry. And this just goes into what a, what a, a retrovirus is. And then we go on to say, um, oh, here's your Prurex Tetra vaccine. This is a new MMR shot or MMR5 that the Italian independent research group of Corvalva found all these adventitious agents. They're known to be adventitious virus contaminants. And here's how the government and the WHO adventitious agents lessons learned from SV40, from four case studies. You know what the lessons learned were? Not the science of how to protect it, how to cover it up in the media how to convince people the vaccines were safe anyway. And I'll get you these papers. It's not a problem. I'll make I'm just, sure. I'm just curious. What year was that published? I can't see it. 2014. See, they've all taken me out in 13 and 14 and 12 was the end of XMRVs. The death of XMRV is 12. Um, when the, when the multi-center study, because again, Bush was calling me while I was in Ireland, you know, are you going to do the Lipkin study? Are you going to do the Lipkin study? He knew that study wasn't powered to be a, an association study that he put his senior authorship with the blood working group. He knew that was fraud. Coffin, you know, Coffin. The other investigators didn't necessarily know it was fraud, but Coffin and, and Michael Bush and Simone Glenn engineered that fraud. So again, he knew it wasn't associated. He's going to do the Lipkin study, going to do the multi-center study. So in 2014, the, FB, the FDA approves cleaning up the blood supply. So you covered up that mess. And here in 2014, they're starting to talk about adventitious agents and how we're going to cover those up. 2014, and I can go into paper after paper, but this 
This is now a paper that came out sponsored by an independent group, and it said the, pres the presence of potentially dangerous adventitious viruses, which certify there's no adequate control on vaccines because if they were, these elements would have been detected. Here's 32 proviruses. P P a retrovirus is 8,000 base pairs and it intercalates into your DNA. 32 mm. sequences of endogenous mm. retroviruses. Equine infectious anemia virus, a little horse, anyone? That's a horribly toxic to the spleen. Avian leukosis virus, again, flu, you know, flu shots, birds, two sequences, and, and four sequences of, of the envelope which um, of the herb H, which I believe is a gamma herb, but don't quote me. And the envelope would have cross-talked with XMRVs because they're gamma retroviruses. The herb betas, these, now they're beta retroviruses. So they were saying, oh, you just detected endogenous virus. Nope, because they're not gamma. And the reagents didn't exist to look for these at the protein level. So there was no data. And then of course, you've got the MRC5 cell line, which you're growing the virus again, because we explained that at the beginning. And look how many micrograms per dose. 80% of the residual was human, fetal. And, and, and the other amount was chicken. Oh, coronaviruses, anyone? Just saying. Um, can, can, we, can we just, add, I just want to ask one question. In yeah. terms of the Moderna method of making the messenger RNA vaccine, are they growing that in in cell lines, <coughs> or are they sequencing it? I don't know. like uh, synthetically. Yeah, I don't know if they're expressing it or 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 growing it. I don't know how they're making all that RNA um, if they're growing. And this is why in another talk I said RNA vaccines have never worked, and I didn't say. RNA vaccines against RNA viruses, but those don't work either, meaning they don't develop memory immune responses. We know that. And in fact, with measles vaccine, people won't even make antibodies. They're emerging. We can't, well, FDA approves a drug called IVIG, intravenous immunoglobulin. They approve that drug um, based on levels of MMR and antibodies to measles. And the, and the kids are emerging. So the only person you're going to get antibodies from is the is the natural immunity, and that's why mm. I'm fighting so hard to drive the natural immunity. So here's here's a, an important part. This is the paper that Gary Owens was finally allowed to publish, and it was 2013. And it was his student, Mira, that needed to do this to get her MD, PhD. And you need to get publications to, to, to get PhDs. And so here in this paper... MLV protein alone, XMRV envelope alone. That was what our antibody test was to. Envelope alone in many, many, many of our proteins induced tumor cells to promote the formation of immature blood vessels. Oh, what do you have in COVID-19? Little microvascular problem. And we know the envelope proteins in there. So here's two, two lines from the paper. Envelope proteins from both viruses impact tumor pathogenesis. They change the, the microvasculature. They similar to the vascular pathology seen in MECFS and vaccine injuries. COVID-19, anyone? They're just changing the name. And, and the microvasculature aberrations are caused solely by that protein. 
And there are so many of these envelope proteins that crosstalk. And here's a quote from the paper. And these people come from John Coppin's lab. Here's the other people. This journal, Retrovirology, the editor on it was Tejang, Quan uh, Tejang. He was the second in command to Tony Fauci at the NIAID. And he theoretically killed himself in January of 2013. Maybe, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to say. Anyway. It's in the book. Um, all the scientists and doctors who die are in plague of corruption. So here's the quote. Although it is highly unlikely that XMRVC, you're only allowed to call it VP62, and that's what matters in the thing. Or, you know, because it wasn't XMRV VP62. That was never in the blood. It was the XMRVs, like me and, and Harvey Alter said. Then B4, they changed it to B4RV because the patients wouldn't find it in a search. So they literally changed the name. Remember, I've got the sequence of it, and I've got the, the, the whole transcript from Gary Owens because we were working with them. And in our original 67%, we gave them our entire 101 sample box. And guess what we came up with? Between XMRV1 and XMRV2, like 98%. So how many diseases have we caused? So that between this research, because I started a collaboration, actually we started a collaboration, Gary Owens and I, because we were persona non grata on November 10th at Cleveland Clinic, because we dared call John Coffin, you know, call it something he didn't let us call it. But XMRV was absolutely named on a biological level and not on a molecular sequence level as John Coffin and the fraud that was perpetrated. So it said... They, uh, you know, although it's highly unlikely, these infect humans and are pathogenic, the results suggest Xenograph approach. If you inject animal tissues into humans, as in that vaccine protein, that's Xenograph commonly used in the studies of human cancer, in the biological therapies. What is um, CAR T-cell, chimeric antigen T-cell receptor? You know what they make it in? An MLV, an MLV vector? So just like you're saying about expressing in vectors, yeah, and then they intercalate them and they go right for TET2 and some of the methylation genes and, and cause the expression of everything. And these people die of all kinds of horrific tumors after they cure them with their $60 zillion CAR T-cell therapy on the cover of Time magazine, the fake news between science. So it says similar viruses may have evolved to infect humans. Sure they did. We already proved that, um, you know, two years earlier or a year earlier. Um, and so here in February 20, 2002, there was a draft guidance of, on industry that says, you, you know, that were measures that had to be taken to reduce the possible risk of transmission of zoonosis by blood and blood products from xenotransplantation product recipients and their intimate contacts. Intimate contacts. Why? Contagious. Oh, that was 2002. They, they withdrew it quietly in May of 2015. Oh, when did wow. Nature publish the study saying Nature Med that the Wuhan and then, oh, we're just yep. going to stop taking precautionary measures to reduce the zoonosis. John Coffin was part of these secret meetings where they said the partners of the Xenos, the MRVs were See, not at risk. I, the people that are listening to this, they need to pay attention I to know. what you just said. Yep. This is an extremely important mm -hmm. inflection point. Correct. 
So it, this was the guidance, May of 2015, right when that paper came out. And, and he said, he sat in that meeting coughing. Who made the infected blood go away? Who took the patent for the detection of all the XMRVs after I was fired away from me who it belonged to and Frank Rossetti? Oh, John Coffin. He's making a fortune testing for, for, for COVID, isn't he? Yeah, because, you know, and that's why they have to control the test. Let somebody else make the test and I'll show you there's very little SARS-CoV-2 in COVID-19 and except unless you drove it with a flu vaccine. Um, at any rate, here's the draft guidance and they withdrew it in, in, in May of 2000 and uh, May 6, 2015. They withdrew it. So again, now, so the, yeah, they're intimate contact. And so it, it's just, it's beyond, you know, corruption. Here you go again with another one that everybody will remember. Here's an Ebola. This is from NPR, Net, um, Natural Public Radio News, December 1st of 2014. Um, viruses can spread through the air in two ways. The large droplets that quickly fall to the ground or the, um, um, or the second route is airborne transmission like measles. And, um, and so this is important with the mask and with the COVID-19. Well, coronaviruses spread this way. So why are we social distancing? Oh, so they can, they can contact us uh, unless it was injected and not infected. At any rate, so um, um, the, the big droplets here, so they're showing this man coughing um, measles. But when the Ebola outbreak of 2014, when it was clear the doctors, Kent Brantley and, and the nurse, Kent Brantley, the doctor, and nurse Nancy got infected, um, and they were the ones that were covered in the suits and had everything on and were wiping themselves down with Clorox. It was clear the only way they could get infected with the Ebola is if it had been aerosolized. Just like the XMRVs, by working in the lab, you aerosolize them and you create them. So here's an Ebola puzzle for you. If the virus isn't airborne, why do the doctors and nurses wear the face mask and all the stuff by treating the, when you're treating the patients? So they just, RCDC, Centers for Disease Control, I mean, Centers for Deception and Corruption, um, why do they um, redefine contagious when it suits their purpose. And here's our friend, Harold Barmas, who was the head of the NCI, um, National Cancer Institute. And that was a big demotion because he was the NIH director who in 1999 implemented the xenotransplantation program, which includes xenografts for cancer research, gene therapy, as I mentioned a minute ago. Varmus also started the NIH vaccine research program, which we now know funds, you know, everything, 1999. So, and, and he admitted right here, viruses that are not pathogenic in their natural host reservoirs. Oh, the bat, anyone? That's where Ebola comes from, the little bats and the little kivets and the little mink, mink focus forming virus, um, maize and Pfizer kidney cells, maize and Pfizer um, virus, sorry. Um, in some cases, highly pathogenic when transmitted to a new host species. Several zoonotic viruses produce significant outbreaks when introduced into human hosts under normal circumstances of exposure. Influenza, hantavirus, Ebola. But why does hantavirus goes away? Because it kills the people. 
and it, and it can't adapt to infect the cells without killing them. And that's what we teach it to do in the laboratory. That's why Vero monkey kidney cells, that's why it can't possibly be a natural evolution because the people die and that's why it takes so many years. This one came a quick 10 years after SARS, you know, God. <coughs> Consequently, this recipient of a xenotran is at risk for infectious agents already known to be transmissible from animals to humans, oh, the XMRVs, as well as infectious agents, which may become transmissible only through xenotransplantation, oh, injecting them into immune-compromised people, little babies and old people, um, and, and the infected xenograph recipients could transmit these infectious agents to their contact or to the public at large. So that's why they're going to start contact controlling and, and supposedly saving us from ourselves. But in fact, the families and all my work was always in family studies, always translational biology um, ever since the biological response monograph program in 1983 to 1987. So I, we don't need to go over how corrupt vaccine court is because this is more of the same of the plague of corruption of why they're calling things that aren't due to a coronavirus, COVID-19, burying the people, injecting them quick, killing them with those sudden cardiac events. All those people with the 32 diseases will be the first to die. And if people get the flu shot at the end of the summer, then, then, um, then they're going to have COVID-19 in the fall. Please, 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 not another shot. I, you don't, I don't care what you think about me, but if every American stands up and says, we're not getting a flu shot at the end of the summer, we're not going to drive your, oh, it's coming back so that they destroy our economy again. Open up. We've got a natural herd immunity. It's clear. Take off the mask. You're only hurting yourself. And so this was a lie from the February 27th and 28th meeting of the ACIP, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. And, and so I wasn't allowed to testify. They had a lottery and I never lose it. I never win that lottery to speak, I guarantee you. They didn't even want to let me in the building, but they had- Let me just do an anecdotal, just a real quick anecdotal. No, 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 so, for so for medical school, you had, I, for, for medical school, you have to obviously get your back shots right? right you know so what i noticed is when i had when my antibodies were low for hep b right. i had to get another hep b you know shot it's three shots all right? right so um after the second shot within two weeks um i i play tennis so i my wrist is, is you know sometimes gets sore from tennis but what i noticed and i haven't played tennis in a while because of this whole locked in, you know sheltered yeah. in place but two weeks after t getting that uh, Hep B shot, I started getting arthritis in my my right wrist. Inflammation. Two weeks. Yep, it was two weeks, and I didn't have any problems, none, none until that happened. And it, it's the aluminum in that shot. In the beginning, they were made in human plasma, so I'm sure they were transmitting HIVs and XMRVs because the first group in the '90s, in the early '90s, weren't recombinant. So I'm sure they were giving people, they were killing people. And this is what the ban played on. That what did we force the gays, the IV drug users? Oh, hep B shots. We drove the disease and we killed them. Just like if you get a flu shot right now, they will kill you. Might not be tomorrow, but they will call it COVID. So well, that's another thing is that, you know, it, yeah. they, they forced the annual flu. 
I know flu vaccine on these. We have to, this is why this is, and, and we don't need any of this, but this is why this is president Trump's call to action. Yep. Stop yep. it. A five year moratorium on all vaccines. And what you're going to see is, Hey, we don't need them. We got wonderful food. We got great natural product medicines and we've got a, a fabulous close the CDC. FDA and NIH, convict these people for crimes against humanity, take all those royalties and give it back to the victims of this 35-year plague of corruption. So isn't it interesting that, you know, that, that's why, with, you know, God has a sense of humor. That's why I'm laughing. Um, you know, end all mandates and restore liability. It's clear yep. the vaccines aren't safe. It's, and it's clear because they've never been tested. Can't say they're efficacious because they've never been tested. Can't say anything I'm saying is not true because they've never looked. If you look for your keys under the light post, that's exactly what you'll find. So they're calling this COVID-19. Let me have the test. Let me see if there are XMRVs in there or YZRVs or a little Borrelia or a little Mycoplasma mode. Well, you know, that's a, you bring up a great point, mm-hmm. several points. One is, is that they, they, they never test the long-term effects of vaccines. They don't test the synergistic effects when you're adding all these vaccines together, especially with children. Right. Correct. You know, with the, and but then. that's required by law. And that's what I did. If I added a single drug to, to a protocol, when I remember I said I made adriamycin. I, so when we did things like full Firinox, you know, the Fox things for pancreatic cancer. In order to add a cisplatin to an adriamycin, different classes of drugs, you had to test singly and together and combined. So everyone individually and then combined to look for those synergistic effects. And in fact, you had to develop that way. Do you know how they develop twin ricks to get yourself another patent? They do hepatitis A and hepatitis B. One's recombinant with a boatload of aluminum and and the other's um, a live viral vaccine grown in, I don't even know what, God, animal tissue right now, but different manufacturers. And then they don't, extract them and divine and, and get them together they they take them unilaterally and they have um they have they just mix them together and they don't clean them up at all and so there was an investigator and i i opine in vaccine court and i and i showed the drug development of this because you know god as i said it's a humor i know these four fields you know so um and and i said there and he said in the paper said i'm surprised that there are more that there are more side effects with Trinwicks than with either alone. No, because it's synergies. You're you're compounding. It's not additive. You're getting synergistic toxicities because you never looked at it and you just threw it all in the gamish because there's no liability and you can. So I think you see the reason why they have to shut me up is because <laughs> you know. You know, no, nobody saw all of these avenues of drug development. Mostly people do one thing their whole life and they do it really well. And so for us, it's always translational. 
It's understand how a virus affects the immune system, no matter what virus, what's the disease signature, and then what natural product therapies will heal it, or what diagnostic strategies like the, the serous technology to clean up the blood. They can't clean up the vaccines or they'll lose the antigens because they're all little viruses. So if we use a nanomolar filter, you'll, you'll take them all away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, this is, this is their problem. They, they covered their ass on the contaminated blood supply, you know, got rid of me, said I'm crazy. And had they, had they gotten away with the perfect crime, locked down the labs, and, and again, Tony Fauci paid for it. It's clear. He, he directed the destruction because he, could, he gave the Whittemores the grants. So he gave the investigators. That's how you could say if, he planned it. If you, if, you were get, if you were given the opportunity mm-hmm. where someone wrote you a big check, all right, and said, we're going to make a lab. What do you need to do to prove, you know, the, you know that SARS-CoV-2, you know, has, we have a problem here. You know, Houston, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. What would, what, how much money are you talking about here? Uh, well, I think the whole lab exists. And as I, I, I think the people and the personnel, I could point them out. I don't need to build a new lab. We know exactly what they are and, and how to do it. And, 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 the, and the, um, the simple thing to do is, as I always said, is heal it. We can make a safe vaccine. So this moratorium and repealing the 1986 National Vaccine Injury Compensation Pro. Yes, David. Um, can I come where, sweetie pie? I mean, five more minutes? Yeah. Five more minutes. So I'll go get the pizza. Okay, perfect. You go and come back, and I'll ride over to Joanne. Okay. No, we're not going over there till five, sweetie pie. Oh, I thought it was four. No, five, honey. Oh, okay, take your time. Go ahead on. No, go get it. It's okay. ready. I'll, I'll see you in a little while. Sorry, my husband's getting dinner for uh, my West Coast mom is 86. So if we shelter in place, um, we'll kill my West Coast mom. And my husband's 81. So we'll, we'll kill him too. So we're making sure no mask. He's out in the sunshine. We're riding our bikes. Right from our sweatshirt not gonna kill my family again well i'll tell you what you know when i i've been shelter in place for quite a while in new york and i just started to regularly walk in the morning outside and i'll tell you i feel so much better go outside mentally you know physically I, i my legs you know were atrophying so now i can walk outside but yeah, everyone that's outside they got their mask they're even jogging with their mask that's which is stupid it's yeah. going to kill them so i encourage you to look at the highwire.com from today and maybe interview a professor cahill a woman from, from somewhere in the uk or ireland c-a-h-i-l-l i forgot her first name but i saw the show before coming to do this with you um and um Oh man, she did such a beautiful job. I think I I can email it to you, the links to the talk. She did such a beautiful job of showing um, even, I think it's Dr. Blaylock's work from Texas because he's he's corroborated long long before I did any of this stuff. See, I did not know vaccines were involved until 2014. So I'm thinking blood supply, all our work was blood supply. You know, yes, that microbiology paper was out there, but I don't think in plague in plague in our first book plague i don't think the word vaccine was said more than once or twice and in the second book obviously with everything i just showed you this was a walk through the second book and and it's all over it so if you get her video there 
and, and a chance to talk to her. She and Dr. Blaylock talk about the immune suppression of the mask. It literally will suppress CD4, those helper T cells for an mm -hmm. adaptive memory immune response beyond suffocation. And so, yes, the sheltering in place. My husband has COPD. Um, he was perfectly healthy before this. You can hear him wheeze now. You can hear IL-6 is a powerful cytokine, and, and you know mm -hmm. it's at the center of, of this. IL-6 is a very powerful cytokine um, for driving the cytokine signature of COVID-19, and, and that's depression. That's seasonal affective disorder. That's get out in the sunshine, get out in the beach, exercise, walk, run. Get the D3. Get, yeah, the, get that D3. Yeah, yeah get yeah, the D3 absolutely. for the immune response. And so there's so much more. So you got more than your hour. <laughs> I appreciate this. You, you know, in, in, and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of content here and you have an amazing yeah. amount to share everybody. Yeah. But for, you know, simply when they do these fact checking. So what I did when Martin Enserink sent me an email. Oh, dear Dr. Judy, I hope you're doing well. Sure you do. You just destroyed my career with your fake science news. Oh, sure you do. I'd love to interview you about your movie, Plandemic, and what you said there, and blah, and your plague. Of, and all I did was I sent him plague of corruption. I just hit the reply button, and I hit plague of corruption and this talk, and said, here's my comment. You know, right. so just, just before parting, two questions or three, three, really short though. Um, what is your understanding of Duke University in this whole development program? Do you well, know of any anything that I, yeah, from I your understanding? I don't know much except for some of the big wigs in HIV. And in, 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 you know, some of those issues are at Duke and there's a great deal of funding and retroviruses and experience and they're right there next to drug companies like um, GSK and then Gilead. So both GSK and Gilead came to me um, right after the discovery of the paper and they were hot on it to, you know, to make drugs. And of course, we know Remdesivir and uh, the Gilead drugs. Oh, how interesting that, mm -hmm. that you know that this is the drug that's the standard of care rather than the ones that these people don't have the patents on. Well, so what's interesting is, is that one of the big <laughs> VC companies, venture capitalist companies, comes from China, and he's the grandson of the prior um, president of China through uh, a company called Baiwu, Baiwu uh, Capita. Mm -hmm. And they own a company that owns big shares in Gilead. So it's, it's very weird what's going on with Remdesivir and right. following the money trail. Yeah. Following that. the money trail and it becomes very weird. And, and that's the real, that's the real, um, I mean, the entire system needs to come down. The grants fund the publications, the people are being paid you know, grants they haven't earned as principal investigators. So look all the grants that pop up and who's controlling the grants. Oh, NIAID, it's an infectious disease. It's, it's COVID. So 6 billion that Fauci controls and, and, and even keeping the therapies away. That's why I said FDA, you know, yeah, they're keeping type one interferon, which can prevent the zoonosis. And all you need to do is put it in the feed of the animals. 
And yet they stopped that 40 years ago. And they, and when you make a supplement, you're not even allowed to call it interferon. You're supposed to call it bovine protein because they won't. So think about how the FDA won't let you make label claims about something and they get to decide efficacy. No, they were set up in the 60s, 62 or so for safety. Well, glyphosate isn't safe. GMOs right. aren't safe, you know, so they're not you doing their job. And yet they're telling me who made the drugs and made the discoveries of interferon, interleukin-2, IL-15, HL. They're telling me I can't use the drug where I see fit or discuss with doctors, other practitioners who see my work and say, hey, you know, and this is what we do. We're an education company. So when the doctors read our papers, they're like, yeah, I'm going to treat with GC math. That's how Jeffrey Bradstreet died. Get, you know, it's gamma globulin macrophage activating factor, and we now know it's a macrophage modulating factor. So what if, when I said that that Tony Fauci and NIAID kept therapeutics from going into it, peptide T. What did peptide T modulate? Oh, CCR5. It prevented the interaction of the macrophage and the T cell. And what did it work in all the way back in the 80s? What was the control group? CFS, where there's no XMRV. The problem is peptide T worked on both. So was XMRV all there all along? Yep. So, you know, you've got 40 years of crimes and, and that's why they want, that's why they're afraid if XMRV works out. And Tony Fauci has led this for, for the whole 35 years, not just me, destroyed Elaine DeFritis. You know, the book Osler's Web tells you everything. Another investigator that dare isolate a retrovirus and associate it with um, with HIV, but then she called it, I mean, with, with CFS, but then she called it H HTLV1-like because the only reagents you had were for deltas and lenties. We didn't have gamma retroviruses except for that boxer reagent Frank's wife had because she worked on them their whole life. So when the discoveries are allowed to be made instead of censored science and covered up science, and the only people who get the grants are the people who won't discover anything. So they give a bunch of kids nothing. They fire all the old people except for themselves. And, and they run, you know, the, the people who could really see something out of science. And, and because they don't want you to see it, you know, and, and that's, that's the plague of corruption. So, so for, for, from your perspective, what's the best way to take all this knowledge mm -hmm. and just stab the heart of Fauci and have right him convicted? Here. Right here, convict the criminals, close the CDC for reorganization, close the FDA now, close the NIAID, remove Fauci. Anybody over 65 is gone. Um, you know, get rid of them. They're all, you know, they're all ancient. They haven't as the, you know, they haven't worked in clinical medicine. They're perpetrating frauds over and over and over again. These are convicts. Burks, Redfield, you know, the FDA heads, these are convicts. They're convicted felons. They've perpetrated this fraud in, in HIV, in, in CFS with for, for four decades, and, and 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 in autism, you know, and then bring back the good people, bring the people with some knowledge, let them reorganize. We've got all the technology. We've got all the skills. Start over with, with honest people who genuinely clear. Let everybody be equal. Um, naturopathic doctors, chiropractic doctors, supplements, drugs, insurance cover, and health insurance. 
Just give that tax deductible $5,000 a year and you can spend it any way you want. You can hire the car mechanic you want to fix your car. If you like a, a Mercedes Benz dealer for your Chevrolet, that's up to you. <laughs> um, this is what we need to change. So doing this, you know, advisory committee on immunization, this is like an ad hoc throw anything in we want, you know, at, at, the, at the CDC. And the drug manufacturers know they don't work and they just, they don't test them and they don't just, they just say, oh, we recommended it. And that's why I showed that ACIP meeting and how fraudulent it is because these people out and out lie throughout that meeting and the highwire.com, you know, Dell Bigtree, he's shown it. He was at that February 27th meeting, people all over, you know, Barbara Lowe Fisher, um, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, all of these people who, you know, skill sets, step Stephanie Seneff, I, I had Stephanie Seneff and closed the EPA too. So Stephanie Seneff um, and um, leads the, reorganizes the FDA because she's the expert on glyphosate and toxicities and GMOs and these things, along with a bunch of other people. I say, put, I put up there um, uh, David Lewis, EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, whistleblower. He wrote the book, Science for Sale. You'd want to talk to him in one of your talks. And, you know, just simply close the CDC. They, there's literally, they're doing nothing but killing us. And you save a billion dollars. You know, the HHS is a third of our gross national. You could fix all of this if President Trump did this tomorrow. Everybody go back outside. Everybody go back to their jobs. The clinical data support that. You're not going to catch it. It doesn't aerosolize. Remember my little droplets? You don't have to stand six feet apart. In order to get a natural immunity, you have to hug each other. And if something's airborne, you're not going to suck in a vacuum cleaner full of SARS-CoV-2, and it's going to go right through that mask. You're going to get a couple of particles on your skin. You're going to get a natural booster like we do to all the tetanus strains in the sand and in the earth. You know, natural boosters for shingles and chickenpox. That was your taking care of your grandchildren when you were having chicken box parties and old people didn't get shingles. You don't need a vaccine. And the failure of that vaccine program and many others are, are in the, are in the forward that John Robert F. Kennedy Jr. made for our book. And he walked through as an environmental lawyer. He heard what I said, giving this kind of talk to him last October. He heard what I said and the light bulb went out and I didn't know half of what was in that forward. And so Ronald Goldman was the whistleblower on the chicken pox vaccine. They took him out, stopped his funding. That's how you win. You stop the funding. You don't get publications. You don't get funding. You don't have a job. You know, so it's just that they couldn't stop me because until that embattled institute got to keep their grants. How were they embattled? Oh, they committed all these crimes, misappropriate millions of dollars of fund, and they got paid big money for it. And we've got the FBI. We've talked to them on three different occasions on tapes. That's the big gotcha at the end of the book. So I encourage everybody to read the book. And that's why, you know, ordinary people are waking up because ordinary people are waking up. This is a simple book. It takes three hours to read. And it's like I talked to you just now. It's not like Plague, where it's a science book. It's much more science in detail. This is the plague of corruption. This has nothing to do with science. And neither does COVID-19. Well, this is what I like. This is what I like about the two 
work works that you've published, you know, for, for the masses, let's put it that way. Is this that it's, it's, it's for scientists and for the layman. Correct. You know, and I think that that, that's a really important way to articulate this whole big thing that's happening. I've been mentioning, I've been mentioning on my channel for a while now about this idea of the bio Patriot act. Right. So like 9-11 instituted the Patriot Act and we started losing our civil liberties from it. So this virus, this pandemic, you know, is is, they're going to start instituting laws that where I call the Bio Patriot Act. And we're going to start losing our our civil liberties. And they're going to. We've got martial law out there. Right. Right. The question is, is what what, near our studio? We have one room here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what, what the question is, is at what point does the the American citizens get out and start protesting? Because I, I, I'm a firm believer that yeah. there's there's an awful lot of women that have children that are very scared on a forced vaccine program where they say, here's the vaccine for SARS-CoV-2. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that there, I think there's a lot of women that are going to say, you are not putting that in my child. Right. And the testing. You're not coming into my house for your little contact program. Uh-huh. And this is where civil disobedience, it's now. We've right. got to tell them we don't care what you say. You can't arrest us all like Elon Musk said. No, I'm opening my country in file suits. Now he's got the money to do it. What about the rest of us? We've got to stand up and, 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 and peaceably go mix on the beach it'll be easy we won't get sick look at me they infected me with a boatload of xmrv like every other lab worker i had a boatload of protein a boatload and i'm fine you know why because we've got the solutions doesn't matter if they get infected folks and that's what all the data said asymptomatic carriers are healthy people who've cleared the virus so listen to professor cahill um, and and she said yesterday people need to go back out take off the mask go hug people i mean i hate to hug people and now i have to hug everybody because somebody told me i can't you know it's like oh man my husband's happy because it's like honey don't hug me you know i just don't like to be touched you know my nephews we just wave we've never been huggy people and now i have to hug it's like oh man just when you thought when somebody tells me i can't do something forget that um so fortunately i've always been that way and i really don't care what anybody tells me i do care when they lie i do care that science article. No, that's not fact checking. I sent him the book and the two talks. Explain it to me, will you? That's the timeline. That's the proof. And that's the thing. When I said on that, what was my exact quote on that in that press conference? It isn't there. We all had to agree. It was never in the plasma. What was the it? VP62, the only thing we were allowed to call XMRV, which never was the virus. So Abbott and Silverman lose their patent. Mikevitz and Rossetti have it. And it's trillions of dollars. And the Whittemore-Peterson Institute made one little mistake. 
They didn't have a written contract with Judy Mikovits. They had a handshake because Judy's Mikovits is her word is, is what is my contract. And so they had to fabricate one after they fired me so that they made sure they could say, I stole their intellectual property. You know what? I developed that cytokine signature in 1999. <laughs> you know, that, that would have been my patent, but again uh, you know they tried to take every you know and and they they would have gotten away for it with but one thing and max post is really the hero and they ruined his life as well because he caught them that would have been the perfect crime they would have said it was all gone and they would have filed that fraudulent lawsuit which was pure fraud and I've got the original affidavits from that. They pulled it magically out after they filed it because the judge was corrupt, bought and paid for, recused himself, March of 2012. Why were those criminal charges held? Why wasn't everybody told this then? Well, because NIH still had a little problem, XMRVs. And I put the S on it and I always will. I called it human gamma retroviruses because there are lots of them. They come from monkeys, they come from birds, they come from mice, and, um, and, and, and they come directly from xenotransplantation, which is injection. It's not infection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I, the amount of information that you shared with the channel, I greatly appreciate, and the, the amount of time that you allocated to today, I, I greatly appreciate. So for women that are thinking about going into medicine or going into, let's say, uh, a graduate studies or a PhD in biology or chemistry, what would you have to say to inspire them? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, first thing that has to end is the corrupt old boys network. There's no more misogyny in all the world. I mean, forget about, mm -hmm. forget about people, um, you know, uh, you know, grabbing your ass. I think that's what I said after Trump. You know, I don't care if he grabs my ass. Don't force the injection of my child. You know, I don't give a shit. His locker room talk. Talk, chief. Look what they've done to women. Who are the victims of this? The working mothers. The, so women in science, you know, it's good. I mean, it, it's good, but you have to do what I did. And that's the, the, the blessing of my entire life is that I worked my entire life, my entire adult life, saved three years, um, you know, with the, 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 the scientists of the utmost integrity and brilliance. And, and that is Frank Rossetti. And so that you know, I'm thankful for the, because women are abused. So I would say yes, do it, um, but maintain your integrity at all times and recognize, you know, it's the hard thing to do is recognize these journals are fraud. But if we take down this entire system and we put women in charge, um, women of integrity of charge and not this corrupt old boys network, this plague of corruption perpetrated by this corrupt old boys network that started in at least, you know, 1984 and never, ever died. So yeah, there are many, and it's not just women, many great, um, great scientists, um, you know, and, and they're, they're fabulous. We've got the discoveries, we've got the, the, you know, the solid things. All we, all we really have to do is, is change the system. And this goes a long way to starting it along with, as I've said, I didn't think about it in this talk, but end the Bayh-Dole Act, because the B-A-Y-H, Senator, yeah. Senator Bob Dole Act of the yeah. early 80s, allowing 
universities, investigators who receive taxpayer money, who are who are funded by by the taxpayers to patent their work. It doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the public. Then the drug prices will go down. Then nobody will care about the patents. And we can simply use the therapies that work. The plants, the, you know, the, the naturopathic doctors, the chiropractic doctors, the doctors of osteopathy, you know, on and on and on. When we all work together, the energetic therapies, light therapies can change this. And like Royal Rife and energies, we can cure cancer, you know, last week. And so what we do is buy up things and, and throw them on the shelf so we can continue this because there's no liability. You don't need a, a commercial. You know, you've got a mandate. So I'd say to young women and men everywhere, you know, be aware and, and fight for it. And hopefully, I mean, I wouldn't go to, into medicine the way it is. I, I wouldn't have done it again. And it didn't exist when I went into medicine. It changed after I went into medicine. The, the old boys plague of corruption existed. And that's why, you know, I didn't get into medical school. I had a chemistry teacher that um, uh, was frustrated and didn't want women in medical school in, in the late seventies. And so we were a pioneering class. I was only the second class ever of women to go to the graduate, the undergraduate, um, arts and sciences of university of Virginia. The first, the first class had among luminaries in it, um, Katie Couric. So, you know, so that was a tough nut, nut to crack of the, um, the professors, the male professors who did not want um, women in medical school or women in science. So, um, uh, you know, I, it didn't matter. I ended up doing what I intended to do anyway, um, which was, you know, heal people through medicine and plants. And we continue to do that um, to this day by simply educating people, educating students. We've got to change everything. That what's being taught in our schools isn't immunology. I just taught it's fraud. It's a scientific commercial propaganda masquerading as science. So I'm sure you've seen on my Twitter account um, the, the the New Orleans mask with my hat that says I hope a blue hat. And nice. and it's a it's a mask from New Orleans. It's like you know the Lone Ranger. It's propaganda masquerading as science. And we need to end all of it. And it's it's a big chore. Um, and, and we might not win, but if we don't win before they start this, you know, if we don't win today, you know, the, the woman, Professor Cahill, beautiful, brilliant, right there. I can think of so many others, Liz Blackburn, Nobel Laureate for Telomeres and, and other people. It's, it's not the people, it's not the men or the women, it's the corruption at the top. And, and, and they stop everything, um, much the way a lot of very honest scientists who I work with my whole life knew I did anything, did nothing wrong. But they turned away because they were afraid and, uh, you know, I can't lose. I can't afford to see a mugshot. I can't afford to lose my family like Jeff Bradstreet, you know, had to had to be suicided because, you know, his whole family, his two sons and his new wife were threatened on and on and on. And all of those people are in the book. So, you know, people I'm. I say God has a sense of humor because, you know, I met my husband when I was 40 years old at a scientific meeting out here in California, and I was so sick of the corruption that I just, I left. Um, I had discovered another virus that I, at the time, had called human herpes virus 9, and I now know it to be 
uh, Epstein-Barr virus with a retrovirus integrated in it. So it's a super transforming Epstein-Barr virus. And I think I wish I had some of those samples um, because probably now it's part of the XMRVs that, that why we mm. see people with, with mononucleosis and with, you know, those keep popping up because vi remember that war and peace among the microbes, you know, viruses rare and pathogens rarely travel alone. That paper was just about pathogens, but we appreciate Borrelia, Babesia, you know, things like that. And, and, and so there's a lot, I mean, you know, the technology, the wisdom, the genetics, the genomics, you know, if women could get there, and I do have several good friends and many good friends, Mary Carrington made the genetic discoveries as, you know, the leading the team for CCR5 deletion for why certain people could have all the XMRV floating around their bodies as long as their macrophages didn't get infected. And that was what my PhD thesis was. So, you know, you have the corrupt old boy saying in that science article oh her phd didn't we talked to we talked to people and it didn't change anything well you know what after 1991 it changed didn't it you don't hear mm -hmm. of it anymore do you that's and that's the thing is to say you know for for phds you know it's it's about the passion of learning something in a particular right. subject but right. adding a grain to a the mountain of knowledge right and you know and people get this ego yeah that grain has to change everything if it doesn't shift a paradigm, you don't get a PhD. It's not yeah, a memorize. Yeah. That's a master's degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PhD is right. what change, what do you educate? And we educate. Uh, in vaccine court, once I, I wrote because um, the, the MDs are the, considered the experts. And I said, oh, they practice what we teach. They practice what we discovered, interleukin-5, oh, yeah, right, interleukin-15. Right, right. interleukin and that the we is Frank Rossetti and I, you know, um, epigenetics, DNA methylation modulation by retrovirus is mine. NF-kappa B translocating into the nucleus. Got to keep it out of there. Got to keep it down or you get inflammatory diseases, including COVID. None of that was, that was, you know, that's, that's done by PhDs. That's not what MDs do. And even right, MD, right. even MD PhDs do clinical research. They don't change a paradigm. And, and so that program cheapened things as well. Um, because then people do three years or five years and get two degrees and it's not, you're, you're not really getting, you know, cause you're just learning how to do clinical studies. So maybe, maybe it's okay because maybe you learn how to use low dose interferon or low dose, highly active antiretroviral therapy, because our, our, our paper said things needed to change. Um, but somebody had to work out the change clinically and that would be an MD PhD who clinically works it out in, in a study. So, you know, that's fine there, but, um, yeah, it's time. It's time we use all the skills of all the people and, 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 and not censored, not, I mean, no more censored science. And this, you know, I, when I came to work, there was no such thing as, um, uh, impact factor of a journal. Uh, does that mean that's the most highly censored, most fraudulent propaganda journal like Science and Nature? We see how they're skewing the discussion. So they're inviting the papers. And if you drink the Kool-Aid and you take the money and you take the fame and you take that paper, that paper in October of 2009 should have given me a Nobel Prize. It should have set my career up forever. 
and 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 it destroyed my my it nearly killed me and it destroyed my economic life and cost me right. every penny i ever made i'm sitting in a one room apartment here um and we've moved 10 times with you know 10 times in the decade since all of this happened so you know <laughs> i don't know that i'd encourage anybody well, go in science the way it is but i'd encourage everybody to try and well i think it. i think people view you as a hero i, I really do there are many, many people that view you as a as an icon to look up to, and uh, you know. So even though you know you've seen a lot of darkness through this whole ordeal, right. and maybe still, you know, seeing that, uh, just remember that people view you in a, a lot of people view you in a very, very positive light, and uh, we are blessed, literally blessed, with the 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 um the knowledge that that you're you're giving to people based on your experience and we all appreciate it well thanks so much paul i really appreciate you and 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 you inviting me to talk to you and 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 open-minded to to look at you know because we all our truth is all what what is real is all how we view the world based on our experiences so all we can do is all we can do and you don't know what you don't know Right. Well, thank you very much for coming onto the channel and, and sharing a wealth of knowledge. And if there's anything that I can do in the future, reach out. If you ever want to, you know, come onto the channel and, and just talk. We'll touch. I hope we'll stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Once the, the firestorm of, you know, the latest stuff goes away. So. Right. Because this is, you know, there, you know, the, I know you're very, very busy, you know, with everything that's going on, but as things start to die down, then you I know, the, the, some fun and do some real science. Right, right. With open minds, and that's the most fun for me. Ex exactly. Well, thank you very, very much. Let me let me hit the uh, the the stop the record and okay. here. And I'll exit to stop sharing. Uh, and then I have to go to dinner. <laughs>